Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys. Did you enjoy meeting Duchess Beaton? I did. That's not sarcasm in your voice. That's... Victory, I know. Your plan to ruin me totally backfired. Turns out Marcus's mommy is even sicker than you are. You got along great. I think she recognized a part of herself in me. Or rather, I recognize someone in her. I don't follow. All you need to know is that you lost. But don't be too hard on yourself. It was a solid effort. Tomorrow's another day. Good night, Chuck. Good night, Blair. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. Of course, I am one of the titular Lonely Boys. I am here to talk about Season 2, Episode 3 of Gossip Girl, The Dark Knight, but I am, of course, not here by myself. Like always, I am here with my co-host. He is someone, he, you know, he makes me feel alive, and I'm not just going to give that up. Brendan Ruppel, welcome back to our show. <laughs> Hello. I'm your co-host, the Creepy Uncle Podcasting, of course, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, De La Hood, Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the crematorium. I'm glad I make you feel so alive. Yeah. What do I, I do that makes you feel so alive? You know, you uh, you keep me on my toes. You you come in. You've got all these. You know what? I can't. I can't fake it. Yeah. I I don't really like you that much. I just heard. <laughs> I, I just oh. you know I, I'm not. I just can't lie on the spot like that. I just heard the quote and I was like, yeah. I guess this is fine enough to introduce Brendan as. Yeah. You know. I just hope once in a while that these these phrases you use aren't so transparent yeah no i mean it, it's actually lifeless. more the opposite you make me feel dead like when you, when you <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah um, that's, some, that's a feeling yeah but uh, you know let, let's of course we're not just here by ourselves again we have another very special guest someone who is a very a, special a very gifted and prolific podcaster in his own right please welcome to the lonely boys sam stanish sam how are you Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I was going to ask if you guys could go get us some coffee and sandwiches for us to keep working late <laughs> into the night. But after hearing the word cream so many times, I don't think I really like, want to eat anymore. So That's I'll perfect okay. for the coffee. Yeah, it is perfect for the coffee, but it really put me out of my mood to yeah, ingest anything. But not for our, not for our appetite. <laughs> yeah. a real, a now, real Sam, as, as, a, as a listener of the show, and like one of the first people that reviewed our show, thank you very much for that, by the way. Do you fast forward past uh, the crematorium part? Um, as a listener of the show, I'm catching up on a backlog after <laughs> a couple months ago, and I think I'm wow. in a part of the episodes where the crematorium has not been introduced into the <laughs> canon of the show. Uh, this, is, this is a spoiler for you, then. 
yeah no i'm wow. i can't wait to uh find out the intricate back workings of how the crematorium <laughs> came about this is really keeping me peaked and how i'll be uh listening keep listening along to the backlog of episodes okay great yeah brendan sam we love to we, we love to call people out for not listening enough on this show okay but i, I do listen to the show i'm sure there are other guests on the show who have not <laughs> No, why, everyone's caught up. Why are you? Why are you in such a, like attack mode to start off this? <laughs> podcast? I was gonna say Sam. Sam is still in the point in the podcast where he can just hit thirty seconds once, and your little uh, introduction is over with. Now these days, you hit thirty seconds. We're still in the middle of it. Brendan's talking about crematorium, so it ta- you probably have to press skip ahead two or three times at yeah. this point if you want to stop Brendan from from talking. Okay, yeah. I'm on the line with two big podcast dudes. How do we feel about the shift from 15 dudes. second forward to 30 second forward? Because I want to go back to 15 second. Well, it's like, or at least both of the buttons need to be the same amount of time. Why do I need to hit back forward and backward to go? Yeah, 15 that seconds is true. Ahead? It's well, it's frustrating. It's, you get used to it though. It's like uh, you do one forward, one backwards to get exactly where you want to be. Right. It's strange. Look, like I. I, I don't think I mind that it's a skip 30 seconds. I don't like that we're skipping 30 seconds, but then going back only 15. Because then if I'm skipping and I overshoot something and I want to go back, now I got to press back Do twice instead faster. of just once. It's just, yeah, I, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. But a 30 second, very convenient for these uh, podcasts with very long uh, cur- commercial or, or ad breaks in the middle. Oh, I yeah. want to kind of get past those. Don't have to worry about the, this Conan show has got four different commercials today. It's crazy. All in a what row. Show? What show? Conan needs a friend. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Insane. Yeah, I mean, he's very popular. He's I mean, he's one of the men on, on Mount Podmore, of course. So, <laughs> of course, the much spoken about Mount Podmore. Hopefully, someday, <laughs> uh, it will be us three and Conan on on that, on that Mount Podmore. <laughs> That's the way it really should be. <laughs> <laughs> really get into the weeds about podcasting at large today. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, well, that's what's going to happen when, you know, three white dudes get together. That's called a podcast. So, you know, we got to talk about a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Very, very meta to, to start things. That's all three of us start. Yeah, we should start a pod about podcasting. Let's do that. This is the, we could, this is the podcasters podcast. Yeah, we could talk about that image where it's like how it feels to listen to a podcast and everybody's eating cereal on the piece of paper. Was that it's somebody sitting yes, next yes. to the big billboard? We just do meta commentary on That'll the be our... idea of podcasts. <laughs> That'll be our first episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. But for this episode of this podcast, we will, uh, of course, be talking about Gossip Girl. And Sam, I know you are at least somewhat of a Gossip Girl fan. Uh, just, you know, tell tell me and Brendan and also all the listeners what your Gossip Girl story is, uh, when you started watching, how many times you've seen it, and, uh, you know, just your history with the show. Happily. Um, I came into the show halfway through the premiere can't remember what we were watching at the same time, but I would I would assume like 30 Rock started at the same time as the first episode of Gossip Girl, and my mom and I were day one 30 Rock fans, so we were like, well, we're watching 30 Rock, but my sister was like, okay, but after, we need to watch the second half of the premiere of Gossip Girl, which is such like a holdover of like everything pre-streaming where we were like it was it, if we didn't watch it live like we weren't going to be able to watch it until it. it was like on a rerun or like maybe they i don't know if they were even doing like cw.com putting on the episodes or anything yet so like after we finished 30 rock we started watching the premiere of gossip girl and my sister had read the first book um and so she wanted to watch the show we watched it for like years after that like i my sister at one point was done watching the show, but my mom and I watched it every single week. Uh, and I watched it up through, I don't, I'm not going to spoil who it is, but 
or anything about the plotline, but there's I think it happened in season four or five um, where I stopped watching. But I loved Gossip Girl. Uh, have all was just like so wrapped up in it from minute one or I guess minute thirty one, um, and just really really enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, it's so good. I think it's so fun. I've actually never ever finished the show. Um, and wow, I, I was going to ask if you yeah. ever made <laughs> but, it past season five or wh- wherever you left off. That's it. No. That's a, Incredible. I, Hopefully this podcast okay. reinvigorates, you know, your love for the show and you will Yeah, yeah. yeah now I don't feel so bad about you not being caught up on our show. If you haven't even finished the actual show, then you, you take your time. I fell off of it, um, and then my second wind of Gossip Girl was after the finale, and it was the, the reveal of who Gossip Girl is. Won't speak on it. Um, but I was like, I, I had an idea, um, and it was called The Avengers Initiative, and I, I went back and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back and watch every episode of Gossip Girl and, like, log my journey through it, make a blog about it. And I was on, t- I was a big Tumblr.com kid. And so I was like, I started to do blog. I don't remember what it was called, but I was, like, write- doing huge long write-ups of every episode of Gossip Girl and, like, amassed wow. a huge following in the first week. It was like I had wow. written oh out, like, two posts and I had, like, 500 followers. And then I like I was only doing it really to you know um, put off studying for finals. It was like the very end of my freshman <laughs> year of college, and so like I got overwhelmed with doing it after like three episodes and never continued, even though like I had such <laughs> massive support for doing it. I just like I and it's it is one of my regrets. Where I'm like, why didn't I just keep doing that? Like I could have become like I could have like amassed a large amount of followers doing something. But, like it just I, and then I just never did. Uh, but like. I, it was a successful venture for like the week of my time that I like was interested in doing it. Wow! I, I well, maybe we didn't can, even get, we know. can get like five hundred of those people to listen to this show. Yeah, I wish that <laughs> I was a gossip influencer and was able to do this for you guys. But I'm fortunately I'm not a big name <laughs> fan in the Gossip Girl world anymore. Uh, sad to say. I think get, get back on that blog and say, hey guys, it's been a while, but just want to let you know there's a great podcast I'm going to be on. If everyone could uh, check it out, because I'm still every, I'm sure everyone's still following your blog and just waiting for Hope, like, hoping, the next post praying that you. something pops up. Yeah, again. like yeah. two weeks after my final post, so I got a message and was like, hey, are you ever going to do another one of these? <laughs> and I never replied. Um, so unfortunately, always leave them, always leave them wanting more. Well, that's been what that is similar, Brendan. Quit after three episodes. <laughs> years after i stopped doing my first podcast let's watch a decom where me and my friend were watching all of the disney channel original movies in chronological order and talking about them i i've like found my way back onto the podcast page for that podcast and there were like numerous reviews that came out like that like that were from like years after we had stopped doing it where they were like hey are they ever gonna do like this is one of my favorite podcasts like we wanted to see more of us uh and then like oh, that's cool again just like you know as soon as something became something that could could have been popular or lucrative for me i shied away from it and uh never did anything similar ever again we have something i think we, if we go back and revisit old sam stanish abandoned projects there's there's something wow. there's Some enough goals. of them at this point that people are really clamoring to to get back yeah. to that uh there's a there's an untapped potential here I'm a big, you know, I, I can catch the trends and understand what is supposed to happen but then i back it up with zero ability to like make myself do <laughs> you also ditched too early <laughs> that's funny well so, um, I mean, I, I didn't even know this backstory from you that you actually started a blog. You're cl- clearly a, a big fan here, even though you've never uh, actually finished the show. So with that being said, favorite characters or least favorite characters? I, I would imagine you have both. 
100%. I mean, like, literally, is there an answer other than Blair Waldorf for favorite character? No, there is, Just no, like, there is not. Of nice. course not. I mean, true. I mean, I, I was coming into this show at the start of sixth grade, so I'm sure, you know, very big imprinting. You know, one of my original queens, just like, she is so amazing and just like, uh, actress name is so good at portraying her. <laughs> like, she's Leighton just, Meester, of course. <laughs> she's like, and, and Brendan will edit that in post so that you are saying Leighton Meester. <laughs> yeah, here, I'll, let's get a clean. Name and address withheld. Let's get a clean. Leighton Meester is so good at uh, acting. Like, it's just like, and she's, it's, She's like the, cause, cause it's 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 this Regina George archetype where like you're supposed to like think she's this mean girl with all this power, but then like the way that they write her and portray her, like she has all this like insecurity and like backstory and just like um just it's just yeah, so also palpable. very likable at the same time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. least favorite characters from my memory, like I do not have time for a single adult plotline on any teen show. Great. Great answer. Um, but I did feel like in this episode specifically. Like, I was enjoying the adults' parts of this episode, where, like, even though one of them is raping a teenage boy, like, the plotline is interesting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, like, the, the Blair's mom and Nate and um, uh, Dan's dad are both great parts of this episode. Uh, and so I was, I'm happy when they're there in a secondary role. But then when we get too yes. focused on Rufus and Lily, I'm like, okay, That's let's, let's fast forward says. this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I got I got concerned because, like you said, Rufus, when he's in his element, just kind of giving advice to the various people that are invading his loft. Uh, he, he's great in his element there. I got a little worried at the end when we saw Rufus is dating again. I was like, no, no, no. Why do we <laughs> oh, keep going boy. back to this? Well, we better not be having more Rufus dating storylines in the future. I don't care about Claire or whoever he's dating, yeah. whoever he's no. forcing to run errands for his her, daughter. Yeah, yeah I, we don't we don't need this. Yeah, no. I mean, you talked about once like. What's her name? Vanessa was introduced so that Dan would have somebody to talk to other than his dad. But then in this episode, it's literally just Vanessa talking to Dan's dad. (laughs) She needs somebody else to talk to. (laughs) And last episode, it it, it was season two, episode two. They had a lot of sexual chemistry. We talked about that (laughs) last step, and it was was very intense. So it's funny that they they went back to that well a little bit. Yeah, Brendan came (laughs) up with a theory that uh, Rufus and Vanessa might get together. So... (laughs) Um. More, more, more details on that. They had another big scene in this episode, so we'll, we'll see, yeah. Brendan, if that comes true and it goes anywhere. We'll see. Um, we don't know yet. Obviously, they're not. They're not going to shy away from age gap relationships. So uh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's 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 what kind of inspired the thought. Yeah, I mean, I, she she might be like, listen, if if Nate's going to date a middle aged you know person, you know, she might get jealous enough to, to do it yeah. herself, but. Uh, more like, on I'm that not going to get any money out of Rufus, but I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, exactly. More on that maybe Still in future episodes. But uh, for this episode, let, let's get into it. And in a humorous twist, Blair questions the lack of passion in her relationship with Marcus, while at the same time, Chuck appears to have lost his passion for any woman other than Blair. Meanwhile, Nate struggles between his feelings for Vanessa and his more complicated-by-the-day relationship with Catherine. Jenny risks losing her internship with Eleanor. Uh, when she catches Jenny critiquing one of the Eleanor Waldorf designs. And whilst being stuck in an elevator due to the blackout, Dan and Serena talk about their relationship and come to the conclusion that they are two totally different people and that it will not work out for the two. So another breakup between Dan and Serena, as is par for the course here in season two, it seems like. Uh, Brendan, your time to shine. Title reference. Yes. The title of the episode is called The Dark Knight. What is that referring to? Mm, This is a meatball, baby. Yeah, I hope you have this one. This is uh, in reference to the Spider-Man Three with Tobey Maguire. Hmm, you're so close, Brendan. Oh, that's not it. 
No. As, as of course, the Dark Knight. Oh, wow, on. you got me. I think everyone was was oh, listening. I think you got them like, wow, too. Wow, this guy's so even dumber than we thought. And that's what you're going to get here. You're going to get this humor that Brendan brings. It's just so <laughs> so endlessly funny that we're all just you can't stop laughing at what just happened right now. But Brendan, you are very excited. We have a laugh track on here. Very. Let's see if I know which button it is. Very excited. Uh, you are three for three to start this season off. Did you think this was ever going to happen, Brendan? Honestly, no. I'm. I'm, I'm Last last year, last year, last season, I was so close to breaking that 500 batting average, and this year I'm I'm on pace, baby. I, I got those yeah. Ted Williams numbers. I don't remember what it is, but it, I remember seeing what the next episode was titled, and I felt like it was a pretty obvious reference as well. So you could be four for four. Yeah, you might. Um, I, I I remember what you're talking about, and the first two, um, little on the fence with whether I should give it to you or not. I ended up giving it to you. Now, uh, you've really turned that into something special because now you're on a bit of a streak here. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, watch out! Brendan is right on your tails. You might uh, you might stumble into something uh, very impressive Joe, here. Joe. But DiMaggio. Matt, I will <laughs> say that summary was much better than the one that HBO Max offered up for me when I pulled up the episode <laughs> because all it said was Jenny might lose her internship. <laughs> it was yep. like. That is like the least, that's the plot they spend the least time on in this entire episode. Yeah, Jenny, I mean, not Jenny, HBO Max really does like to do like the five word summary (laughs) where for the, even for the season finale when they were like Blair, uh, Blair and Georgina face off. And then that's literally the first 10 minutes of of the episode and then they don't read it Especially for a show that has like six plots going at one time. Yeah, the, the yeah, Wikipedia always. summary really tends to go way more in-depth there than yeah, uh, the HBO yeah. Max summary. So I mean, this is rife for being like a citywide blackout sheds light on the <laughs> character's insecurities or like literally anything along those lines. <laughs> yes, but no, uh-oh, Jenny might lose the internship. But uh, Fun fact about this episode, according to uh, the wiki, this episode is the most watched episode of the series with an average of 3.73 million viewers. The entire series? Yeah, so congrats to this episode, wow. which had the most most views, and also a uh, a very, well, it had mixed reviews, but the people that like this episode really like it, apparently, because Entertainment Weekly ranked this episode as number seven as one of the best episodes in TV of 2008, and Futon Critic ranked it number 33, so, you know, th- this episode in particular was getting some end-of-year uh, love for best TV episodes of the year. Interesting. Do yeah, they explain I don't know why? Him. Like that's very interesting that it would have like a mid, like non the non first episode of the season would be the most watched. Like it did it come after something live or something? Like I this episode sticks out of my mind. Like the scene in, the scene where uh, Chuck approaches Blair in her room or whatever is like mm-hmm. iconic right. to me at least. But I don't why why is it the number one watched? Yeah, definitely a memorable episode. I don't know why it had the most views. I don't know if people were i don't know if it was you know getting promoted a lot maybe there wasn't an episode of 30 rock on that week so the people who were (laughs) missing the first half of the episode were you know all eyes on this episode for once so yeah those legions of 30 rock viewers uh (laughs) were finally able to watch gossip girl (laughs) exactly that's probably what it came down to but yeah i don't know maybe uh original air date september 15th 2008 don't know if that had anything to do with it if uh september 15th everyone just happened to be free but that's where we were. I didn't. I didn't really do my due diligence as a uh, researcher and really investigate it. I just took the fact and uh, decided to include it here. So, you know, maybe someone will crack the sure. code and get back to us. Uh, we can. We can only. We can only. Probably hope. not. But yeah, let's let's get into the. If Sam is still blocking. Maybe we will get it out of him. <laughs> True. <laughs> maybe. I, I would also um, like to apologize and say that this came out when I was. Please do. It was, Gossip Girl started when I was in eighth grade, not 
sixth grade. Now that we're talking think, about the dates, uh, of the I think episodes. it had to be probably. I, I wasn't going to correct you the first time, but now that we're doing this, I would say probably it came <laughs> out when you were in seventh grade because it came out when I was in. No, you're right, eighth grade. Okay, yeah, so I'm because the fool every now. episode, every time, every you're end right, of, you're every right. May, I would graduate in the year that it was, like yep, eighth grade, exactly. 2008, ninth grade, 2009, and that, and that so is on. the cheat code for for our that grade. Is. That is so could, easy for us. We could do, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, we are. So this is season two. So we are in ninth grade right now. We are mere freshmen in high school, and little Jays um, ourselves. Ex- exactly. Um, so. And in Gossip Girl, we're still in the summer. They're really taking their sweet time getting back they to really school are. this season. We are back in the city, no longer in the Hamptons, but uh, Gossip Girl tells us that we're still in the last hazy days of summer. I don't know what they're waiting for, because I feel like a lot of good stuff is happening once the school season starts, but for some reason we're going to have a three-episode arc that is just in the summer, and they are going to flag up that it's very hot today, it's 102 degrees in the city, a hot one indeed, and we've got some Gossip Girl tips to beat the heat. One, drink plenty of fluids. Two, stay out of the sun. Three, limit all physical activity that is within reason. So, uh, Brendan, <laughs> would, as you were you were on the podcast last week, Gossip Girl very big into giving the tips <laughs> yep. this season for some reason. I almost wasn't. Uh, which which was better, the tips this week for beating the heat or her tips last week for having a successful summer or whatever? <laughs> yeah, they really they went back to this well a couple of times. <laughs> We've gotten so many tips of just summer in general. I also think that these summer episodes should just be like bonus content for like the summertime. It should be released in the summertime only, and the actual like canon Gossip Girl season should just be school time. Because this is like it's such a tease. I don't I don't want to hear about them their summer anymore. Like I was so happy to be done with the Hamptons and get back to the city. Like we're in the city, but I, I want like the school drama. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm conflicted I feel on you. how I feel about it because I mean Matt. You're a big The OC fan, and I think one of oh, the yes. most distinctive things about The OC Season 1 to me is that the first, like, nine or ten episodes are in summertime, and I just feel like it's such an interesting thing to do for a teen drama that, like, I just, like, I just can't think of another TV show that spends so much time on, on the summer before school, um, and then right. this is obviously created and written by the same people, so, like, they, cl- like, I and I think it's a very interesting tactic to take, and I don't, like, understand why other shows aren't more focused on the summer because the summer is an important part in like high schoolers life where there is no school but i agree that like obviously there's so much more drama and capable like stuff capable of happening when all of the characters have to go to one place every single day (laughs) right yeah but to to brendan's point for the oc season one has 27 episodes and Mm -hmm. the first seven episodes all do take place in the summer and kind of like what Brendan was saying for this it was kind of like a separate season kind of the the first seven episodes actually premiered in the summer of 2003 and then went until like the beginning of September and then they took a break and then episode eight came back like towards the end of October so the first seven episodes kind of were like a mini season that just took (laughs) place in the summer and then when they came back it was like the school season which is why like season one is so jam-packed with 27 episodes total which is more than like really like any anything. other uh, yeah. show has for a season of, of television, especially these days. Right. I think you get like 25 out of like Adventure Time, but there's those are 11 minute episodes. True. And yeah. it's not a teen drama. <laughs> it's also true. Yeah, well, uh, maybe. You could argue. Yeah. So when uh, when Gossip Girl mentions, you know, limit all physical activity, we, we cut to Dan and Serena who are once again going at it while Gossip Girl says this. And, and they are, I mean, it may be 102 degrees, but they are still literally attacking each other's mouths with their mouths. Like they, uh, this is really just every episode they 
they just have to do this. I mean, we joke that it's contractually obligated, but I think maybe at this point it, it must be. Well, for Nate, it actually is contractually well, obligated. At this in point. the canon of the in show, the Nate, yeah. Nate's made it is contractually obligated. Um, and at this point, Dan and Blair are virgins, right? They've never had sex. Blair, no, they no, both they had, they yeah, have had sex. They, they both had now. sex in season okay. one. They lose I their apologize. respective yes. virginities in season one. Couldn't remember when that happened a... with the like. That's when like he puts the things down with the projector, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep, yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, Blair. Blair is uh, hosting yet another party this episode. This time it's a back to school party, not to be confused with the back to the city party, which was last week. <laughs> These are separate parties, and she's hosting this party, but it's a back to school party for the seniors and their parents. Which th- that's weird. Why is she throwing a party where the parents are invited? <laughs> I don't know, and especially after her party didn't go so well last week. She's like, I gotta make up for that and have another. Yeah, this really this is what threw me off and why I was so confused about what school year they were about to start because she was like, I'm planning the party for the seniors and their parents. And so I was like, oh, that's random. She must just be like, she, I mean, I know she's a big party planner, so I just assumed that she was a junior for some reason <laughs> and was the person put in charge of planning for the seniors. And like, cause it, it, I don't, obviously, if you're watching the show, you know that they're like about to enter the senior year. But in this episode, I was kind of like, this episode really asked me to just like, because there were a lot of things that they just made reference to that I was supposed to just know about, and I, like, it was it was it was tough for me even as someone who has seen the show before to be like, I can't remember, like because when the it just there was a lot that characters were referencing, and I was like, see this is like this is great. What's great about soap operas like you have to understand what's going on, and so many things change episode to episode. But for me, I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're okay. jumping in, definitely could be a little confusing to keep track of everything. I, I guess. They say that parents are invited here just as an excuse for, like, Catherine to be there because if if not, there's no reason to make this uh, party, you know, for the parents as well. And there would no be no reason for Catherine to be there if she didn't make that. So it has yeah. to be just for that to happen. But, yeah. Because so, Rufus uh, and Jenny, Eleanor are both in this episode and don't yeah. go to the party. <laughs> and they don't go to the party. So <laughs> it's really just so that Catherine can come and, and raise hell yeah. on Nate and everything. So uh, Jenny's on the phone with Vanessa. Speaking of the uh, the Nate Catherine storyline here, Vanessa uh, she she's clearly you know in her head about the Nate relationship. Jenny's clearly being kept busy with her internship, and uh, Jenny's going to give Vanessa some advice. She tells her to, you know keep going after Nate, even though he stood her up. And I, I guess the thing is, like we were saying, like they introduce Vanessa so that Dan has a friend, but Vanessa has no friends because in this episode she has to go to. Dan's father for advice and also right now Dan's little 15 year old <laughs> sister for advice she is like no one else she can turn to so um yeah Sam, and I like do- Jenny is so poisoned by wanting to be in high society like some of the worst <laughs> advice I've ever heard the guy st- only stood you up for like yeah. two hours and then texted you so like just go just call him again and see if he wants to so go like out it doesn't it's like count. <laughs> Vanessa like if, if a if you were talking to a real friend like she would be like okay yeah move on <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah right. S- Sam, I do have to ask the obligatory guest question here, which is, uh, how do you feel about Vanessa? Because uh, she seems to be a this very unpopular question. character among most people. So I do just like to, to gauge where everyone feels about Vanessa here. Sure. She is much reviled, and I know that now. But in my original watching of the show, I wasn't th- like thinking all too critically about her specifically. Just like, I don't have mm-hmm. negative 
feelings about her and have never like watched the show all in a row since like it originally started i'm sure like based on literally every single person i've ever talked to about gossip girl not liking vanessa i'm sure that there are <laughs> things to dislike about her i don't have any memory of them um so okay. like i believe you and then like in this episode she seemed fine She's fine. We we are hypercritical of her here on this on this show. Um, and Matt Lagory last week had the same take. Essentially, it was like, yeah, I, I'm not really looking for it, so I don't notice it all that much. But I think since I was flagged up as like, hey, Brennan, watch out for this chick. She sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's how I've been. I've been watching the show through that lens, and it's been working on me. Yeah, uh, Gagan brainwashed me. Brendan takes things to heart pretty pretty easily. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever you hate, from I from the beginning, Brendan was like, I like Serena. I don't like Blair. And I said, no, 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 that's wrong. Change your mind. And by the end of the season, he had okay. changed his mind. So <laughs> um, it's, it's true. Yeah. Here, here, Jenny pretty much just tells Vanessa. Like stop fucking whining to me and just call Nate. Like it's not that hard. I, I uh-huh. I'm pretty busy right now because poor Jenny really being worked to death as an unpaid intern. I'm assuming she doesn't mention a, a no, salary yeah, or anything. No so I don't, I don't know if she paid. is. Yeah, I don't know if she is getting paid. Working as, 15 hour days yeah, with no payment. So bad. This was 2008. Um, okay, like we weren't even talking about paying our interns yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Uh, Wild west out there. There's no laws. Uh, Nate, Nate, and the old lady here. Unfortunately, we do still have to deal with this storyline. Um, I, we it, we flag up here that Nate has told Catherine where his dad is. Why the hell did Nate tell her where his dad is, and why did he do it like in bed? Like why? Uh, obviously, this is going to come into play later. Where Vanessa is going to be able during to sex? Black, yeah, she's like, like that was like <laughs> some of the erotic. That was their pillow had. talk? Yeah, that he tells her where his dad's hiding out. I don't know what he was. Oh, thinking, my, my dad's in Cuba. Oh, <laughs> like what? Yes, exactly. So. Uh, Vanessa calls Nate here. He seems pretty happy to hear from her. And Nate asks if she wants to do something later. And, you know, Vanessa, after her talk with Jenny, doesn't seem too concerned with the fact that she just got stood up. So uh, she she seems more than down to do this. Also, Nate lies to Catherine about who's on the phone and, like, pretty immediately, even though it hasn't been confirmed yet, we have to imagine that Catherine obviously does not believe Nate when he says he was talking to his mom. Definitely not. Yeah, this... I. I think I actually, if I'm thinking of the right conversation, I, it's something else that happens in this episode with Nate and Vanessa where like Vanessa's like, or Nate says, yeah, I, I definitely want to do this. Like it was just family drama. Like I'm, I want to like hang out with you more. And then Vanessa's like, okay, well let's do it now. And he's like, I can't, I'm doing something. And then she's like, well, let's do later then. And he's like, I oh, actually, and she's like, oh, so you lied. And, but like, yeah. and, and, like, I like that like scene and interaction where thank you finally like standing up for yourself like yeah. don't like, why, why are you even calling him in the first place after he did this to you but like like he should be the one reaching out to call her but like i appreciated that she was like okay so you're just never gonna actually hang yeah. out with me yeah advocating just for like well it, it was a good speech i appreciate that yeah. but clearly you're not yeah. actually willing to to do anything but so the vanessa defender uh mel got served did tweet at i think you and said that she went back on herself a little bit and said like you know what i rewatching season two a little bit more now i am liking vanessa again and maybe this is where she's getting that from because she wasn't all that annoying in this episode yeah you know what she's having a a good start to the season i guess after we were yeah. very relentless with her in season one i guess she's she's coming right and maybe it is the nate vanessa thing we we laughed we laughed when this couple got together at first but maybe yeah. they're maybe they're starting to win us over what i think it is is like nate and the old lady 
like by comparison, like, right? Exactly. Nate and Vanessa just sound so much better. Yeah, I'm rooting against old lady Catherine so much that even <laughs> right. Vanessa seems like someone who I'm just like, yeah. yeah the writer's like, this please. relationship doesn't really work unless we make something else sound much worse. <laughs> How old yeah. is Catherine supposed to be? We were me and um, my boyfriend were discussing, and I felt like she was only supposed to be like. 35 and he was like is she supposed to be 25 like we really couldn't tell how old she was i thought 40 ish i would say i would say late 30s and maybe that's just because i think the actor playing her was 38 at this point if i'm remembering my wikipedia lookups correctly so that has just informed with what i think how old the character is ultimately supposed to be she is a you know stepmother so she's old enough to be a stepmother which granted you don't have to be you know too old to be a stepmother of of a uh, teenage lord but um yeah i'm just assuming that she's supposed to be in her late 30s here now has the lord started going to school with them or is he planning on going to their school i I don't know i guess Uh, last week he said that his plan was to follow blair back to the city and that's what that's what everyone did all the the new characters just followed blair back to the city so uh because at first he lied about going to certain colleges like is he of college age oh right yeah he's at this this, he's at this back to school party yeah i guess he's supposed to be college yeah i guess he's supposed to be college age but also expected to go to uh senior parties because of that he's dating Blair. I don't know. Blair, yeah. Hopefully we'll figure this out. Or hopefully we don't. Hopefully they just all disappear and we get rid of these characters. <laughs> but, um, either one would be better than what's going on. But so, so back to Serena and Dan here. They're they're being cute and eating ice cream. And Serena wants to come clean that so they're cute. seeing each other again. And, uh, you know, kind of hard to track these days whether they are or aren't together. Because, like I said, they're breaking up every episode at this point. But um, right. Serena's like, you know, what can I... I don't really know why. Yeah, I don't know. Serena says, you know, what could anyone say that would break us up at this point? Even though, like, honestly, it does not take much to break them up at all. So I don't know what Serena's <laughs> no. talking about. But well, Who could they, break they... us up? Us spending two minutes together? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who could break us up besides us and literally... Us waiting for an elevator? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dan, Dan agrees that they should, you know, tell people. They celebrate by, again, making out in the middle of the sidewalk. And someone sees them and takes a picture and sends it to Gossip Girl. Because, of course, they do. You can't just have a secret romance but make out in public places. doesn't really work like that. So... <laughs> Not in the small island. Uh, everyone is going to know soon enough that they are back together. And Okay, uh, this is something else that I didn't remember being such a... Like, I, I feel like most episodes, from in my memory, Gossip Girl is, like, a concept, and, like, we get the voiceover, obviously, but, like, this mm-hmm. episode was, like, big on referencing Gossip Girl and, like, yes. talking about the website, and, like, they had all these, like, three girls who, like, all follow the blog also. Like, I... This is an outlier, right? Where like people are so cognizant yes, of the website. So far. Yes, we've we've definitely had a couple of episodes in season one where it is it is used more than a framing device and used kind of as a plot device. With the thing that sticks out with Chuck uh, sending the tip into Gossip Girl that Blair got a pregnancy test. So they've definitely done this a couple times, but this is definitely the first time where we see people outside of the main cast of the show like referencing like their uh, fandom with mm-hmm. Gossip Girl. I guess these are the people that are you know following the blog, the little middle schoolers that uh, have <laughs> decided to pick sides here. Like, this is the first time we are getting, like, an outsider's perspective of people that um, right. read the blog. Okay, yeah. Well, like, I wasn't w- sure if this was, like, to mirror, like, fan chatter that had been happening at the time that, like, Josh was named Schwartz or it something. I don't know. probably maybe, is. I Josh, like maybe he was trying to write that into it. Yeah, Josh Schwartz does love being meta and incorporating fan reactions into the show. He does that with the OC a lot. So I would not be surprised okay. if, you know, this is obviously more of that. Um I do like yeah. this concept. I like. I enjoy the thought that it exists. Like, because obviously we know it exists because like characters send text to them or whatever, and like people have referenced it before. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's interesting 
to think about its impact on the show, even though they don't always ingratiate it well. Um, and it was just making me think about like how these six or seven people really like are on a public stage for like everybody around them, even though like we don't really uh, like meditate on that too much in the show. It was interesting to me. And then having that um, like paralleled with at the end of the episode when there's that huge conflict on the staircase and everybody at Blair's party is finally watching them despite not seeing the prince and her or not seeing Chuck and her like grope each other in the party like even though they're in the middle of the room it's just interesting to like how they play with like when these characters are being watched and when they aren't and I'm thinking about this through the lens of listening to for them listening to um friend my uh sister podcast the shadow play gaze and they talk about how like the characters are like doing theater for the other characters and they're mm-hmm. always being watched and it's very important to think about who's seeing which conversations um and so it's just it it was it's been it's very interesting in this episode where they're finally talking about gossip girl in the canon of the text like to have it be about like who's seeing what and like in the darkness and in the light and who's texting who and all that stuff and i thought it was very well done it's too bad they don't do this more frequently yeah, and I think when they do it like well, like they do in this episode, it, it really works. And I would definitely welcome more of this in the future. So um, the, the various characters are going to see this Gossip Girl blast. Uh, Chuck, in the fanciest you know robe that he has, probably is reading this. Uh, Blair sees it; she's not too happy. Jenny has also seen the news, and I think Jenny might be more excited than Dan and Serena are because she comes <laughs> running into the loft, screaming, gives Dan the biggest hug. You know, um, I, I guess. You know, before Jenny was one of the main characters of the Gossip Girl blog, she did did used to be a pretty big Serena fangirl before, you know, she started ascending to the top herself. So I guess this does make sense that she uh, is very happy that Dan and Serena are back together. Um, It does, but I, like, I just can't, I, like, I really just, and look, I support Jenny as a character in doing this, but I feel like all of this, like, with the Vanessa and Nate thing, I really just feel like it's her trying to get her hooks into society and, like, trying to be part of this world. And so, like, if her brother is dating Serena and yeah. her brother's best friend is it dating Nate and case, she's for working sure. for Eleanor and Serena is a model for Eleanor and Serena, I mean, and Serena's best friends with Blair and Eleanor's daughter is Blair and Jenny's all part of the same world. Like, it just feels like she's trying yeah. to manipulate everything to, like, she's just, like make her bring, bring her up into the world. Like, I just, like, and she's probably happy for for her brother too but i just can't separate those two thoughts from her character which is the one who's most oh, totally going after being a part of this world yeah i mean even Especially ba- like after her arc in season one too it yeah t- totally I, I mean tracks. even yeah even dating back to the second episode it's been tough to tell what she when what she does is genuine or what she's doing is kind of just a scheme to get herself more out there and part of that world um sam are you a big uh, jenny guy overall See, I don't. Re- I uh, I think I am because I had like I'm a younger sibling, and so growing up, I had a huge fascination with just like all of the younger characters in fictional shows that I was watching. Just like felt like every time my favorite character was like the younger brother because I was a younger brother. I feel like I'm very partial to Eric, who I was sad was not mm, in this yes. episode, but I feel like I'm. I like Jenny, and I, uh, you know, I'm. I, she in this episode and thinking about her ambition reminds me of one of my favorite Wheel of Time characters, which is like one of something I'm just like hyper fixated on right now in my life. And that um, is that is your personality, Wheel of Time. It is, <laughs> and so I and I have to bring it up on every single podcast I'm on. Um, so I I think I would like Jenny a lot more if I were to rewatch now that I'm thinking about her in this light. I can't remember how I really felt about her at the time. 
Okay, yeah, because Jenny's another character that gets a lot of uh, hate, maybe, from the fandom. A lot of people don't love her as much, but that is not the case on this podcast. Right. We've, we're generally pretty pro-Jenny here. She was, yeah. She was well, Gagan big... told me to like her, so I liked her. <laughs> yeah, I rule with an iron fist here. You cannot have differing opinions <laughs> from me. But yeah, Jenny uh, led all of season one with the uh, with the most MVP points show. No, no, uh, no hatred of Jenny for the most right. part, over on this podcast. And but. I do think she's genuine in this moment because after her hard, hard fall at the end of last season, I think she's kind of come to terms and is a little bit more grounded now at this point in the series. Yeah, for, for now at least. Um, for now. So Nate and Vanessa seems like they're try, at least trying to get back together. I, and I guess the question begs to be asked, like, why did they break up every single couple in the season one finale if we were just going to, you know, get them all back together mere episodes later? But um, I, I guess that's for just... Content. Yeah, I guess this is what they do. When it when in doubt, just break up a couple and then get them back together, like over and over again. So, uh, Nate says, like as Sam was saying earlier, Nate says that he wants to make this uh, Natessa couple thing work, but Vanessa's trying to schedule another date for them, and Nate kind of has a lot of stuff going on. So eventually, Vanessa's gonna sour, and Nate has to be like, no, 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 you know, I'll, I'll reschedule for you. And honestly, like, fuck his family. If if this actually was family stuff that he was going through, like, he should reschedule uh, his family because Vanessa sucks, but not nearly as much as his family does. Yeah, what else could he possibly have to do with his family? Like that sounds like such a lie. Because like, what are you just? What are you doing? Like, there's nothing else left to do. Your your dad's yeah. in big big trouble. <laughs> your dad ran away. You have no money. <laughs> your mom's in denial. What else is you there? have no money. What, what your are you doing? Mom's tending to the garden. That's yeah. it. <laughs> mom's still in the Hamptons, tending to the garden with her huge fucking wolf dogs that she has. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about them. <laughs> um, but uh, more importantly, I guess in this scene, naturally, you know, old lady Catherine is also a stalker. So she sees all of this happening while she's spying from her limo. Like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Get a life and do do something. If, you, if you're at the point where you're a middle aged woman who is stalking and getting jealous of teenagers, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have to reexamine your life. Yeah, I mean, I'd, this I'd... is like, obviously, they're never going to actually think about this aspect of the relationship, but like... Nate is 17 so like, it's just yeah. like so <laughs> the gross he's not like, even a senior it's not yet. a part yeah. of the episode at all it's literally just like she's extorting him for sex and paying for stuff for him and like blackmailing him with the information of where his dad is but like she's obviously unhinged because she's like located this high schooler and like his yeah, him. <laughs> yeah exactly like this is so creepy and more attention should be called to it because you do forget about like I like last episode I had forgotten about it until at the end of the episode when Blair catches them and Blair refers to Nate as her adolescent ex-boyfriend or whatever like yes Nate is an adolescent he is yes. a, he is a child it should not be happening it's an accurate so. description um, every yeah. teen soap does this and it's just like every single who, one who is asking for that like it's just not something that any fan of the show has ever been like yeah <laughs> and honestly like, it's usually yeah <laughs> it's usually with a teacher and that is my least yeah. like one of my least favorite tropes when it, literally without fail every single teen drama they're like all right what's on the checklist we have to get one of the students with one of the teachers now um so at least Catherine is not nate's teacher but it's still not yeah. better like he's for some I guess reason thinking of like every kind of saucy situation that could come up in, yeah. in teen life I, they got to push the boundaries baby yeah um blair is planning the party here brendan i don't know if you saw in this uh, scene but dorota was walking around clearing the table so where are you on the uh, dorota tracker i didn't even notice i i, <laughs> I also didn't <laughs> notice a, i had my i had my eyes peaked for dorota and i didn't see oh her. yeah she leaves like oh. right in the beginning of the scene but as soon as the scene starts she's kind of clearing the table and walks away and i think that is the only thing we see of dorota in <laughs> yeah, this episode serena so. mentions that dorota was happy for her and dan yeah. that, that's yes. the only mention i heard so uh where is she ranking in your favorite characters brendan or is she top five yet <laughs> Oh, easily. She's she's in the top three. 
just by virtue of uh, not being as terrible as anyone else, she can be in the top five. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's like in the uh, when we were tr- keeping track of who had the most MVPs. Uh, Nicole gave uh, not your girlfriend, Nicole, not girlfriend of the pod, but Nicole Horn gave the throwaway MVP point to Dorota, and just by <laughs> being the nature of being in the positives, Dorota like yes. got, was, had Beat the seventh highest had the seventh highest score. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Serena mentions that Eleanor is coming back today. Blair's uh, excited to show off her new, you know, Lord boyfriend. And uh, <laughs> Serena has had enough of Blair's boyfriend. She's like, all right, now me. Like, you have to ask about my boyfriend. Why aren't you happy about me and Dan? Um, and Blair, you know, she tries. She gives the most monotone, I'm happy for you. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously <laughs> Serena can uh, can see right through it. She's trying to defend herself and Dan. Um, she just wants her friend's support. But it seems like in this scene, at least, it's not Blair is not coming from a place uh, where she's hating Dan because, like, he's a loser from Brooklyn. But she's actually kind of serving as, like, the Rufus role for Serena here and asking if they've worked out all their differences. You know, they, they keep bringing up these differences. And we're going to eventually get the big fight here. But once again, I feel like they break up for reasons that they had. Like, they had overcome that hurdle about what these of being are. from different worlds. The reason they broke up right. was because Serena couldn't ever tell Dan the truth about anything, and she mm-hmm. lied to him for half a season, and Dan finally got you know fed up with it. So they, they've kind of And that's like, not what they have been bringing up in, in this season so far. They're just yeah. like, they're kind of just giving you like blanket statements like, oh, well, those problems that we had. Yeah, they and kind like, of they never bypass, said what they were. Yeah, they bypass the most recent problems they were having and go all the way back to like early season one problems. Um, for what they can't get over yeah, now all of a sudden. Made so, yeah. no sense. Yeah, I was yeah. confused on what the reason they broke up was. <laughs> Just as someone coming into this episode, I was like, because they talked about Georgina and Dan sleeping with her, and I was like, did they? Like, I couldn't even yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, and- <laughs> but that wasn't even the issue. That was what? Uh, so, someone that's who someone that's been watching like episode by episode, and I'm current on this part of the series. Like, it, it was still confusing to me. I mean, yeah. most plots of TV shows are confusing to me in general, so that could be part of the problem, but... Otherwise, and then they I broke was, up because uh, she gets confused. special treatment, but it's like you've been in love with her since like sixth grade, and like this, you know who she you is. Know, you yeah. like understand her place in the world and your place in the world. That's like part feel, of feels like yeah. If you dated for a whole season of a TV show already, you should be used to this aspect. Exactly, they had overcome this hurdle. Like that's not where they blo- broke up. So to make this the problem really just kind of came out of nowhere. But you know, whatever. I, I guess they. Uh, you know, this is what the writers decide to go with. Uh, Blair just worried about her friend, I guess. Also, you know, maybe a little bitter that Serena's, you know, now off the market again. She uh, doesn't, you know, seem to be happy when she doesn't have her best friend all to herself. But uh, she says, you know, if you do, you know, talk about your issues. If you're still together, I'll be happy for you. But till then, I think you're just fooling yourself. So uh, Blair, Period. I think, hit the nail on the head here. Like, it may be tough to hear for Serena, but uh, Blair is going to be proven <laughs> correct here. So uh, Serena Jenny doesn't should be giving this, this exact same advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Serena doesn't take this well. She kind of storms off as Blair gets a phone call from the Duchess. And uh, Catherine's pretty much like tattling to to Blair about Nate. She's like, I saw Nate with Vanessa, Blair. You have to do something about this. Like, all right. I I, I guess it's a decent plan because Blair Blair does have the means to just, you know, uh, ruin a relationship if she wants to. But kind of just stupid. But whatever. Nate, uh, Nate enters Chuck's room here. Chuck greets him in his robe with a with a joint or a cigarette. I don't know. What either way, he's looking like a ninety year old man. I, think it was and a I, joint. I, I laughed on sight when he like walked out holding I, his. I wrote this down too. Like Chuck just gets a laugh out of me whenever he's on screen, no matter what he's yeah. doing. His outfits are just like so well done on this show. Yep, yep, um, yep, I yep. like. I love his outfit for the party, like where he has that like he's got like an ascot or something, but he's wearing it like under his collared shirt. Like I it, it just there's so much thought given to his clothing, and then like seems like other people are sort of thrown together. 
Yeah, Dan, <laughs> yeah, we got a fucking true. t-shirt and that stupid vest that I hate so much. His oh basket, my god, his, we'll the, talk the about it. The clothes he wears for basketball, I know he didn't in this episode, but just like I just I've always it's just been burned into my mind. His like his oh Ch- Chuck's Chuck's basketball outfits. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we we definitely had one early on. I'm still waiting for the one where I'm thinking of where <laughs> where he wears uh, later in the series. Like yeah, when Chuck gets dressed up for basketball, we never actually see him playing basketball, but we see what he wears and Which he it, sure does get dressed up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so Nate comes in and he, since last week, I guess he's realizing that you know his very rich friend just kind of wanted to help him last week so that he didn't have to. Um, sell his body to, to get the money that he needs and so <laughs> nate's gonna apologize and ask if he could still get the loan uh chuck just looks amused through all of this he's probably like high out of his mind right here i guess he's been smoking all day yeah. but nate nate has come he plays to, a good high <laughs> yeah nate has come to the realization that he wants to stop being you know paid to have sex with a 45 year old duchess or however old she's supposed to be uh, but chuck apparently has all of his money's tied up in bonds now unfortunately so uh would have been a nice easy fix if chuck could have fixed the problem like he was so ready to last week but that is uh unfortunately not the case as he decided decided to immediately tie up all of his monies in bonds. Yeah, now he has all limited funds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect timing. So we have determined that the best family is worth is the best family is worth at least 12 billion dollars, but all of that is all tied 12 up billion in, dollars. All of that is tied up in bonds right now. <laughs> so unfortunately, thing. we're going to have to keep this plot moving forward because uh, <laughs> Chuck's all 12 billion dollars are uh, not liquid at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens here like chuck's butler guy come tells him like the flight from tokyo has landed and all of a sudden there's just a girl in his room with a suitcase what is what is happening here i i didn't know what what this was i was like is this like a mail-order bride or something that he, is he getting married I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what to think this was out of nowhere uh especially because like it just doesn't the the dialogue itself doesn't actually make sense. Like where the butler <laughs> says the flight from Tokyo has landed. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So somebody at an airport right now has landed on the ground. But it, what he's actually should have said is like, your guest has arrived or something yeah. like along those lines. This this poor girl gets introduced as the flight from Tokyo that has landed and not like an actual human being. <laughs> yes, a weird line of dialogue here, but. Um, over on the uh, the Jenny storyline here, my, my favorite Laurel is back, and she's back to just bossing Jenny around, telling her to clean the bathroom. Like, I have to imagine this isn't in Jenny's job description to be a janitor, but apparently it is. And, um, Brendan, it's looking more and more like Jenny fucked up not taking that other internship. Like, oh, I, we're always like, quick she, to sing Jenny's that praises here. That respect that she got in that scene is, like, the, totally out the window. Yeah. This might be the dumbest thing that anyone has done on the show so far. Like, <laughs> And Sam, as someone who probably hasn't watched the first episode in the season in a while, Jenny had to deal with her terrible boss uh you know and was putting up with this all summer and she got a uh another internship from a a famous person that i cannot think of her name right now but she was a big guest star in the first episode and she offered her an internship and and jenny turned it down because she thought uh turning it down and staying to work for laurel and eleanor would uh gain their respect and clearly that that is not happening here here we are (laughs) look i agree that that's a bad move but i can understand where she's coming from where just like you know it I think that a lot of workers feel loyalty to the people they're working for, even though the people they're working for don't have any reason to like trust them or like give them like yeah. respect after years of working for them. So I like understand, and she's only like fourteen, fifteen. So like, right? So I, she's a young kid. That's fair. Yeah. So like, I understand not having the like mercenary mind to like <laughs> advocate for herself in this <laughs> situation. That's true. Um, but it's, you know, honestly, I would say that it's ter- like, clearly part of her job responsibility is like cleaning the bathroom um and you know that's not unusual for you know the lowest rung office worker <laughs> 
I was going to say, Sam, were you ever like an intern like this? Is this how it works in all fields or just like the fashion field? Um, I, you know, I worked as like a front desk person in multiple offices. And yeah, sometimes I would have to clean the bathroom, even though sometimes they were like, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, okay, well, then why did my supervisor tell me to do that? Yeah, that's really, that's <laughs> very annoying. Because yeah, Jenny's job description here, uh, she says, midnight coffee runs 15 hour days and cleaning up after the two in-house bulimics. I don't know how this is possible or legal. 15 hour days? That's, that's... I don't know. Who else is there? Like the whole time, she's she's there more than anybody else. Oh yeah, on staff. and the, yeah. it's why is she working fifteen hour days when there's clearly again eighty five interns working in the in the shop at, at any given moment? Right. If they won't let her do any any like actual designing work, then like, yeah. what else is she doing with the rest of those hours? Is she getting school credit? Like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, it's very unclear. Something good better know, just, come out I of this for Jenny. Stuff yeah. And- who knows? Recommendations, Some, maybe. Yeah, I, I hope something good is coming out of this for Jenny, because if not, it seems like a just a very hard summer that she's been having. So, uh, J- you know, Jenny's going to tell Laurel here that something's wrong with the dress Eleanor designed, and uh, Laurel does pretty much just tell her to shut the fuck up, but in a, in a delightfully condescending way where she uh, relates it back to the uh, t- calling her one of the birds from Cinderella, and, uh, you know, be like those birds. Can you do that? So... Laurel honestly, again great being... speech. Um, I, th- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, Jenny was out of line. Like she, like shouldn't have done what she did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little much going to someone to, um, to tell her that there's something wrong with the dress. I don't fault her too much for the thing she ultimately gets in trouble for, which is just kind of talking what she feels about the dress to the person like wearing the dress, not knowing that Eleanor was standing right behind her. Like that's pretty much just an, an honest mistake that, uh, yeah, obviously not planning on Eleanor overhearing that, but yeah, I feel this the right opposite. Here... I like, no, I feel like her going to her boss and being like, Hey, like, I feel like this isn't right is so much better than talking to them. Yeah, like, I think Eleanor's right where she's like, hello, like dress. this is the woman who has to wear it down a runway. Like, so uh, yeah, you, you know like... that, that is true. I forgot she was yes. talking to the model in my head. I was just like, everyone, you know, talks shit about stuff when they're, um, at work, not knowing that their boss is, you know, usually not standing right behind them. But yeah, yeah I guess yeah. the fact that she is talking to the model, very, very unprofessional. I think um, that the issue with the show, with this episode at least, is that like they're tr- we're supposed to recognize that these characters are in high school, but also every adult treats them like adults. And so there's no, mm-hmm. I don't, it's just because like, the way that this woman speaks to Jenny is just like, you wouldn't do this to a 15-year-old girl. Like, it's just not something that, like, this wouldn't ever happen, I don't think. And it, so it's just, like, it's it's hard to keep those things apart where you're like, this is a ninth grader, but That's also true. the show envisions her as just out of college, basically. So it's just, like, yeah. very right, yeah. I do hard to I feel like I have mind. to constantly remind myself that these people are teenagers. Right, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, suspending the disbelief here because, you know, when, especially when they're not in school, it's very easy to forget that these are all high schoolers at this point. No one has graduated yet. So um, very kind of difficult to remind ourselves of that. Um, Serena and Dan in the park here. Uh, she's complaining about Blair. Dan's, as we mentioned, Dan's back in another vest. I complained about his vest last time. But, you know, Dan's got the nice, uh, the nice V-neck on. Uh, but I couldn't concentrate on the conversation because I was too concentrated on the stupid vest that Dan was wearing. Uh, again, famously, this is not a fashion po- podcast. But whenever Dan is wearing something that pisses me off, I'm always, I'm always flagging it up. I don't know why the, he's yeah, so. Uh, this is somehow worse than last week. I don't know why he keeps wanting to wear this stupid vest. The vest it's is a summer horrible. look for some reason. I like. I yeah. look. <laughs> I I'm the vest is terrible. It, it, but you know, 
I just feel like the show doesn't recognize that Penn Badgley is like the hottest person in the world. Right? Like, like they've been they saying just, like, it for years. <laughs> like, I just like, like, why? If, if they're so hot in that elevator, why didn't he take a shirt off? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, I like, and I'm speaking as somebody who saw the movie Easy A, and I was like, mm, I'm mm-hmm. gay. Uh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> I like, I, I haven't like, seen it yet, so maybe that'll happen for me. Why? Too. Yeah, why this vest? vest? Why this vest? But like, he still looks hot even in it. So somehow um, he manages to pull yeah. it up. I think it's just a sign of the times. Maybe it was like hot in 2008. I, I, I couldn't imagine. So, it does feel very like um, Brendan Urie or like, I don't know, some <laughs> like that uh-huh. sort of panic at the disco vibe or something. Right. I don't know. He's probably going for that or something. But and it, I feel like it's very like they're trying to be indie Brooklyn hipster or whatever with him, even though like right. totally. he, that character trait doesn't exist in Dan like at all in the show. So it's just like, <laughs> they're just like trying to do something with like, like I was saying before, like the only person they think about dressing is Chuck. And so otherwise they just throw outfits on <laughs> other people. All the manpower is going to do uh, deciding what Chuck is going to wear and no one else. Uh, Brendan, you haven't seen easy, eh? No, I still haven't seen it. I know it's one of your oh all-time favorites. I just we, I have Might need to watch to it. it. Might need to watch it for this podcast. In if you seasons, do, I'm sure. happy to come back. Oh, great! We have a guest Please. lined up and everything. Love, this is all working out very well. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, Serena takes her phone call and walks away. And this is the first time we meet these middle school gossip girl fans. I believe they will be in uh, future episodes. Not to you know, not not a huge spoiler here, but I, I do oh, remember okay. these girls. So I think this is a recurring thing that happens in a couple of episodes at least. But I, I love this because as we we're talking about, we uh, we've seen how the characters in the show react to Gossip Girl, but we haven't you know seen how the other people react to Gossip Girl. So uh, these are just the fans that follow all the posts and the characters, but have nothing to do with them themselves. And uh, you know they're they're like the uh, the Twitter stands of the Gossip Girl blog. They're uh, <laughs> they're gonna yell at Dan for getting back together with Serena. You know they're, they're telling him she's just gonna lie again. She doesn't respect him. And honestly, you know they're making some good points here. We should probably think about getting them on the pod. I think they have some uh, good insight <laughs> on, uh, on what's yeah, happening. It's <laughs> funny they, they remind me of like the younger generation of like the, at the end of Mean Girls where the right. Right, yeah, yeah, the the next generation of plastics. Yeah, they're gonna like they will be Jenny in like two years or whatever, and they're like trying to. Yeah, they started as these people who really liked following the blogs, and then like I feel like by the time they get to high school, like Jenny will be the main character of the blogs, and so they'll be they're probably gonna start like idolizing her and try to they'll become Jenny and try to rise and be friends with her, just like she's trying with Serena Blair. (laughs) It's a never ending cycle. Um. And uh, two of these three girls are Stan Humphreys, and the other one is a Serena Sanderwoodson. Who uh, and the Sanderwoodson really just gives uh, gives Dan the death glare here, which made me laugh. And you know, <laughs> Serena comes back. The the Serena Stan yells at her for getting back with Dan. I love that. As soon as Serena comes back, like the the big Serena fan, like her eyes just lit up as soon as she saw Serena. And you know, <laughs> if if I were Dan and Serena, I think I you know take this opportunity, maybe sign some autographs, take some pictures. But they're very quick to shoo the kids away. They the they're uh, they're not about you know this fame right now. They uh they, they they have some issues to work out, and it's not helping that these middle schoolers are here calling them out on all of their shit. <laughs> right. So yeah, they're the only ones who feel co- like it's just like Dan and Serena aren't talking about these issues, but every other character is like, "Hey, like <laughs> exactly. before you get back together, you need to resolve this, or else you'll just break up again." <laughs> but they're like, yeah. "No, no, let's <laughs> like you, this. like you have been doing every single episode this right. season." Right, essentially just telling you what the plot of this episode is for the two <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so C- Catherine. Uh, is texting Nate while Nate's on his date with Vanessa. And, you know, I, I hate to be team Vanessa for a second, but, like, Vanessa understandably getting pissed off here, where even though Nate has now, like, made time for Vanessa, he's still 
has to text Catherine the whole time and she is, you know, calling him and texting him. And that's all before uh, Blair crashes the date, which is uh, annoying, but also, I guess, what Vanessa gets for only having dates in like her place of employment where people can easily find her. Like this is this is <laughs> Vanessa's right. move. She is always I mean, she's probably still on the clock even because um, but probably. Vanessa is only having dates at her uh, at her jobs nowhere else. Uh, and, and I'm never upset when Blair crashes any sort of oh, party, no, no, no. so just seeing her pop up was great. She should no, be in every she, single scene. Yeah, and she's con- <laughs> so. she drops by to condescendingly call Vanessa dear. I really like it. She's like, it was for Nate dear. It really, <laughs> really just cracks me up. And uh, Blair is, you know, she's going to successfully convince Nate to bring Vanessa to the party tonight, and she immediately reports that back to uh, to Catherine. And she says that whatever she's planning with Nate, her bedroom floor is off limits. Blair does not say her bed, not her bedroom in general, but her bedroom floor. So I guess it is canon that uh, Nate and Old Lady Catherine are only having sex on the floor, like like the last episode. Yeah, that's that's their spot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they only they only do it. They, <laughs> they don't like being comfortable. Plenty of couches available last week, but they uh, chose to do it on the floor. And I guess that's just the thing that Blair Blair knows about. This invite to yeah, Vanessa makes... makes it even more unclear what the party is for. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even, Vanessa even calls it out in the episode where she's yeah, like, yeah. I'm yeah, at this does. party for a school I don't even go to. I don't know anyone here. It's like, yeah, why did you come? <laughs> <laughs> because we got to get all our characters in the same place for the event of the week. <laughs> and yes. Even when it doesn't make sense. <laughs> It's like the writers didn't have to make this be the theme of the party. Like it could have right. been yeah, another true. party and everybody yeah, could be invited. Think, but for this, for they're like making up all these reasons why people are coming and then <laughs> exactly. don't even follow the rules. Like why yeah. like Eleanor and Jenny should be Eleanor should be like you you have to come with me back to my apartment like my daughter's throwing a party for like for everybody and i have to be there like they, they, didn't, they didn't talk about it at all rufus is on a date definitely hasn't even heard about this party happening it's just like, <laughs> rufus actually where's lily where's anybody where has lily been this entire season no we i know still I, was, I, I thought she was gonna pop up she, i think she gets someone gets a call from lily too and i was like oh we gotta at least hear her voice today. lily and didn't even get that lily and bart are on the world's long longest honeymoon that has lasted all summer apparently like she is nowhere to be found but uh speaking of lily we're back in the vander woodson penthouse even though even though lily's not here uh chuck neither and is eric Serena are both yeah no eric still don't know what he's up to uh but chuck's chuck's new friend leaves as serena arrives um Chuck calls her Madam Butterfly. I don't really know the reference, but I have to assume this was something racist. So just gonna dock I, some. You po- can only assume. Just gonna dock some points from Chuck there, but I, yeah, uh, Chuck doesn't have the best episode. No, he had a great episode last week, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's Chuck had perhaps his best episode last week, and now this week, like this is his main storyline yeah. where uh, Chuck reveals to Serena that he hasn't really been performing well but, in but bed. That is funny though. I, I guess for lack I like, of I like that. yeah, I guess for lack of better term, he hasn't been able to uh, splooge. I guess uh, is is uh, that's the only way I could put <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I can't really think <laughs> of anything else. Um, I'm thinking but... <laughs> that he's unable to even perform in the Get first place, let alone orgasm. I think the yeah. uh, concept of the episode is he can't even fuck anybody. Yeah. Um, right. And this is uh, this is very he funny. Said he did say he took medication. Very, too. Yeah. That, yes, that is true. Uh, this is very funny to Serena, who says, uh, "Well, obviously, in my professional uh, psychologist mind, this is because you're not over Blair. Like, obviously, this is the the only thing that it could be." And I, I guess she's right because Chuck is now going to try and seduce Blair to use her as a what they call sexual Drano, and Chuck also congratulates Serena on getting back together with Dan and says. Water always finds its own level. What does that mean? Is this an expression? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
But I want to point out that the term sexual draino to me is redundant. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, isn't it only for sexual experiences, draino? I don't think so. I don't know exactly oh. what draino is, but I I uh, don't know if that is the case here. <laughs> I think it's okay, for maybe not. making you immune to COVID nineteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. So it works in two fashions. Very timely. Um. So. Back at Jenny's internship, and, uh, you know, she is shitting on Eleanor's dress. Not literally, just talking shit about Eleanor's dress as Eleanor happens to walk in. Uh, not the ideal way to introduce yourself if you're Jenny, because this does seem to be the first time they're meeting, so very, very uh, bad start to their professional relationship. Uh, Eleanor, floored, she's like, oh, interns are allowed to have opinions now. Uh, it doesn't take the criticism well, because she immediately fires Jenny, and uh, Jenny's going to beg for her to change her mind, but Eleanor... You know, doesn't really give a shit because as we have established, she has like 85 interns running around in her store. So she doesn't really need Jenny. So she comes in. The first thing she hears is Jenny talking shit about her designs. Like, just get the fuck out of here. Then I, I don't yeah. I don't have time to this. But uh, Jenny does start to cry and I immediately feel bad for her, even though I guess we yeah, have established that she is in the wrong. I still still going to be team Jenny through and through here. Give her another I chance. I definitely she's feel wrong, bad. But again, she's so little. I feel bad. She's trying to do what she thought was right, even though, like, and, like, how could she know that this was unprofessional? Like, she's literally in ninth grade. Yeah, she struck a lot of enthusiasm, yeah. at least. Yeah, and yeah. but, like, I, and this is another thing where I just feel like the writers are forgetting that she's in high school, where, like, Eleanor is, like, berating her, and it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. she's, I understand that Eleanor's probably tired early from, high like, school too. traveling like 15, around the 16. world, but it's, like, okay like give her a break yeah eleanor does not give a shit although i do have to laugh when the, the scene ends with eleanor screaming why is it so hot in here like, there, there's a lot of uh flagging up that is very hot today and that everyone is sweating i don't know they are reminding us like every two seconds but um, yeah everyone is very glossy in this episode i get it guys they do a good job of keeping everyone wet i get it it's hot i i get it you don't need to keep reminding me i i, I got the memo in the beginning of the uh, of the episode yeah um, but it's all leading up to the power outage obviously. oh i know i know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I yeah i know but you know, the I city guess... wide, like the whole. The yeah, whole I thing. know. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that, like, that scene. I was like, oh my god, it's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, that would be horrible. Like, that literally, like, <laughs> can't even imagine what that would be like. That would be horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so even though it is a hundred degrees, Nate is still on his run. He's running Sans Captain, I think, for the first time. Usually, he's got his running buddy and his dad, but uh, on this small island, of course, he runs into Marcus, and Marcus lets him know that the Duchess will be in attendance at the party. Um, now, you know, Nate usually a dumb guy, but to his credit, he does realize right away that uh, <laughs> Vanessa and the Duchess in the same place uh, might not be a good thing. So he calls Vanessa to do the one thing he promised he wouldn't do and cancel on her last minute. <laughs> Yeah, that's impressive of him to realize this, because this is not something that Nate should ever understand. Yeah. So Nate... good for him. Good for him. <laughs> he tried, but uh, <laughs> Vanessa is just hanging out in the loft, as she does, and we get, you know, Brendan's favorite. We, we get <laughs> some, me up. We get some Ruth Nessa content with a new couple that everyone's just, clamoring just for. Just like, a, oh, hey, Vanessa. It's like, <laughs> yeah, why is it so normal that she's just sitting there? Um, well, Vanessa doesn't have parents of her own, so it's up to Rufus to, to give <laughs> her the pet school, talk. She doesn't have a home. About what to do. <laughs> yeah. She's... Uh, she, I think she mentioned at some point that she is homeschooled, but also she doesn't live with her parents. So I don't know who's homeschooling her. I guess she just has like a private tutor that's coming to her house. We we don't really know much about Vanessa. They don't even let us see her house or no. apartment or wherever she's living. She is, yeah, I don't know her numbers. Like, what's her estate worth? Her family? Yeah, um, haven't done the research on that. that. I'll have to get back to you. But Rufus we, was we looking to... cute in this episode. I like don't remember thinking finding him attractive at all from my previous watches, but he looked good. I do feel like the writers probably regret 
naming him Rufus. Just, like, there's just no way to like make him <laughs> seem sexual at all. But no way to sexualize a Rufus. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's you, okay, yeah. but literally, Kim Possible already existed. So like, how could you take the name of a naked mole rat <laughs> and attribute it to one of your characters a in a dad. show? Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense at all to me that they would choose this name for somebody in a show where like the. The, the, on a channel where the thing is that all the characters fuck and like fuck each other like it's just like <laughs> right. rufus his name is rufus and it's just something yeah, i've always a, thought it's from like it's minute a bad move second one of watching the show it's just like from, yeah from this from is the worst character name i've ever heard yeah i, I mean i have I've to agree i found him a little bit attractive at least he's, he's overcome the name for me oh yeah he's definitely definitely the dilf of the of the show uh but we well, have no other option here. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, we have this weird scene where, where Rufus wants to tag along with Dan to this party because I guess he heard that parents are allowed. And Dan's like, eh, you know, that might be awkward, me, Serena, and you. And Rufus, you know, he's, as, he doesn't have to be a third wheel. He can bring a date. And this makes Dan start to laugh. And not to give credence to your theory from, from last week, Brendan, about Ruf Nessa, but Rufus says something like, you know, what's so funny? I can get a date. One day I might surprise you. And he shoots Vanessa a look before looking back at Dan. I don't know I don't know what that was about, but, like, I, I don't know. And she just winks, she winks back. I don't know. There was a lot of confusion in this scene. I was, as mentioned, watching with my boyfriend who's never seen the show. And so when the the line, you, me, and Vanessa all in one, or in Serena all in you one room Serena. could get awkward or whatever, yeah. like he was like, did he and Serena sleep together? <laughs> I, that's what I mean. That's like if I can't be with her mother, I am gonna steal her from you. Yeah, yeah I was like, no, was I think he's weird. talking about their mom, Lily, but they didn't really explain that line like at all. <laughs> it's just no. a weird scene. Because Dan just underneath. Yeah, I get it. That would be weird. Yeah. So I don't know. Rufus gives Vanessa the advice to pretend like uh, she forgot her phone and never got Nate's message to just show up at the party. Not a bl- bad plan, because I mean that's definitely a you know a viable option. But when Rufus says. Uh, because he gives the initial plan and Vanessa's like, oh, that would be the mature thing. When Rufus says, well, if you want to be immature and then kind of leans in, like part of me thought he was going, <laughs> part of me thought he was going to say like, you could bring me as a date to make him jealous. Like, <laughs> or just like reaches over, if you want to be immature. I can't get this out of my this. mind ever since Brendan, you know, said uh, that. It's because it's, it's there. Ever since you, Brendan there. flagged up their chemistry last week. I haven't been able to, to shake this. When she's not with Dan or Jenny, she's with Rufus, so. Yeah, so uh, we finally get to our event of the week here, and we also finally get to see the minions for the first time uh, this season, but not all of them. In a while, yeah. Just uh, just Penelope and Neliyuki, kind of the the main the, minions the here. And we get what starts as kind of just like a classic Blair Chuck scene where they're going back and forth, but then all of a sudden Chuck is like asking her about Marcus's sex life, and, like her and Marcus's sex life, and then like starts very publicly, as we talked about, like touching her and caressing her and like kissing her and whispering in her ear before, you know, very smoothly suggesting to her that she has sex with him. Uh, it's just, it's. <laughs> A creepy scene, but also the fact that it's just taking place in the middle of, like, Blair's house in the middle of a party where, like, everyone should be seeing what's going on, but it does not seem like they are. Yeah, I mean, to have this happen in an episode where, like, Dan and Serena were kissing somewhere, like, on the side of a building somewhere, and they got a photo taken of them (laughs) and, like, posted to everybody, this staging while cinematic <laughs> doesn't make any sense literally at all and yeah and the, the track record of the show in general of all the wrong place wrong time sort of thing when no one should be there and they are but now they're in the middle of a party yeah it's just it's it's very very convenient oh yes definitely uh so dan meets up with serena for the party and they're like kind of just awkwardly getting ready to go and for the first of many times manchester orchestra's i can feel a hot one is going to start playing and uh you know this was another I, I like to flag at the music moments in the show this is another big one for me uh we'll hear you know obviously more of this song later as it plays like in every other scene but uh you know this show and this episode specifically is what made me appreciate manchester orchestra because this song was incredible i i immediately added it to my playlist uh very very big fan um 
I don't know how you guys feel about this song or the band, but I, I just had to uh, give them some appreciation here in this episode. Go for it. Yeah. It didn't flag anything up for me. Oh, yeah, I'm I can't sorry. remember what that sounded like. Sorry. <laughs> very very sorry to hear that, guys. Um, <laughs> I know you love that band. But, but I know all yeah. the Manchester Orchestra heads are probably going off right now and uh, clapping I know them from me. Comedy Bang. They've been on Bang Bang. Yeah, before, yeah, they have been they? on Comedy Bang Bang yeah. a couple times at least. Um, but yeah, so Dan and Serena struggling to make small talk as the elevator takes forever to come. And then uh, we'll take even longer like to uh, get them to their... Yeah, yes, exactly. Just much like Chuck, the elevator takes forever to come. Um, back, <laughs> back to the party. Uh, <laughs> Blair, Blair and Nate uh, kind of just like having a, like a standoff here where Nate tells Blair he's not going to fall for her trap. And then Catherine is going to pull him aside. And Nate's obviously, you know, <laughs> I'm not falling for your trap instantly follows for the trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Nate's obviously pissed at her here, but Catherine tries to apologize and says it was out of jealousy, which I don't know that I guess that's supposed to help her case, but Nate should just be like, well, you know what? You're 30 years older than me. Stop getting jealous, you weirdo. Like this is this is too much. And you have a husband too. Like, you, you <laughs> yeah, earn, she, you occupy. We're never talking about her husband. The du- the what's the opposite of a duchess? A duke? Is that is that canon? Yeah. I don't, a duke? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna call him the Dutch, but that did not sound right. So. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> or like the dad lord, like the the door. The dad lord. The dad lord. <laughs> That's Rufus. I am dad lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vanessa of course walks into the party, sees them, you know, talking and holding hands, or whatever, and. uh you know, at this point, it gets so hot that the power goes out at the party and also in the elevator as Dan and Serena are on it and also at Eleanor's shop before Jenny has the chance to leave. So here we go. Now we can get to the uh, the fun stuff here. Um, have either of you ever like had something like obviously not a citywide blackout, but just like a bit like either a party or whatever and all the power just like went out? Um, I think I've had like, an expected power outage like where everyone's like, oh, shit, the power's going to go out today. Um, when I was younger, I don't know if you remember this one, Gagan, I think it was maybe when we were around like fifth or sixth grade. I think I was at Sanchez's house and we just kind of took over the block and would just like play sports in the middle of the street. It was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I can't remember a time where like I've been at an event and the power went out, but like I can remember growing up, like there would be big storms that would make power outages happen. Right, of course. I lived like in this, on the block of like many people who were around my same age. So like during those we would like hang out on the porch and like there was nothing to do because the power was out so we would like just hang out and on like the porch and listen to the storm and like just that sort of stuff but yeah never been like never had it be so um cinematic or creating so many different no, conflicts yeah. <laughs> this was reminding me of listening to proving that i listened to the show listening to the episode you guys talked about um where they had the masquerade where like they like ever, as soon as the power went out nobody could tell who anybody was and that in con- in that in combination with it stopping the elevator and forcing dan and serena to like talk about their issues and like making jenny have enough time to like save her career or whatever like i felt like it was uh it was everything you wanted out of like a soap opera kind True. of thing like this where like it, it totally. like it, you re- like this is where we really suspend our disbelief like nobody knows who anybody is because the power is out <laughs> yeah. like okay sure but like like it all just worked for i, I really like this yeah. part the uh the power outage making a, a big case to be the mvp of the episode here as a, <laughs> yeah, as a non-sentient being wow. But yeah, I feel like I, I recently told the story on this very podcast where we were uh, seeing Shutter Island, Brendan, and the whole power in yes, the movie theater just Harry. went out, and we gotcha. all climbed behind the uh, the concession stand and just had a good time while we were supposed to be watching Shutter Island. But that it, was a, an incredible movie moment. Oh yeah, in the history only thing I could think of. Who who would have thought we'd be talking about Shutter Island so much on this on this podcast? But uh, I, yeah, I feel like when you're like by yourself and trying to like do homework or watch TV and the power goes out, it's maybe the it's worst annoying. thing in the world that could happen. But if you're with a bunch of people like this, with it, people, it's, kind it's, of 
seems like an adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're with anybody, it's I, fun. I, oh yeah. But I will say though that this in this moment it is like a lonely boy's nightmare. Oh yeah, so I was just gonna out. say that Blair gets her candles it's, and starts handing them out. Us. Like, this is, I was gonna say like Brendan, this is the scariest party, maybe the scariest episode of Gossip Girl of all time. We are in, we are in full horror mode. Um, Sam, yeah, I, you probably haven't gotten to this point in our podcast, but how do you feel about uh, candles and fire? Because this is a very anti-candles, anti-fire podcast. Well, I'm well aware that you're afraid of fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I feel fine with fire. I, you know, grew up going to a summer camp and there were a lot of campfires that we had <laughs> there. So, you know, I appreciate the um, more dangerous element. <laughs> Brent, okay. And Sam, to bring it back to your podcast, are you, a, you're not a fire nation guy. Absolutely not big water bender, but, um, you know, Perfect. I, you know, okay, so cool. You're on our team, but obviously fire is more about life and emotion than danger as <laughs> oh, we've all learned, yes. but maybe not everybody yes, yes, has yes. learned. Yeah. Um, Brendan, what would you do if you were at a party and all of a sudden there were a million candles and no one was allowed to leave? I'd probably go find Dan in that elevator. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for other reasons. Um, Brother. <laughs> um, this is uh, also, yeah, it's very convenient because Vanessa isn't allowed to leave now. Like, no one's allowed to leave where they are because there's a power outage. And so Vanessa is kind of quick to rush to judgment here without hearing Nate's side of the story. Like, I can't blame her too much because it's pretty disturbing to hear that Nate is sleeping with that woman. But, you know, Nate is trying to explain to her here that it's not that simple. So uh, eventually she is going to listen after he keeps saying like he starts it off wrong by saying no 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 you don't understand she's paying with me which I, it doesn't really help this case at first <laughs> but then he, when he's like no I have no other option then finally she's like okay tell me everything and uh, I guess Nate is gonna do just that but uh, before that Blair tells everyone to grab a drink and a candle says the power should be back on any minute uh, the Duchess is gonna ask Blair if she's seen Nate and Blair's like no it's a blackout like to your point Sam, that they, it, uh, because it's a blackout they cannot see, see anyone, anyone. <laughs> like yeah Wait, who, who is speaking with me <laughs> um what'd you say Brendan as Blair is saying who is speaking with me oh, yeah, who, who yeah. Just said that? I'm sorry who is this <laughs> Uncle Leo <laughs> um also <laughs> also uh he's an Adonis <laughs> she finally snaps at Catherine and is like Oh my god, so what if Nate wants to be with Vanessa? You're fucking 50. Get over it. Deal with it. <laughs> She's like, you don't get it. And Blair's like, um, hot young guy, aging beauty, enjoying her last hurrah before the surgery start. It's called a cliche. And I'm so happy to finally have the old Blair back. and so happy that she has this yes. adversary in Kath- Catherine that she can just shit on here. So um, Yeah, that is one good quality in old lady Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> Needed um, this, especially when the other people interacting with Catherine in this episode are Vanessa and Nate, who are like afraid of her or like... Ex- just, like exactly. Just, like, not, like, speaking the truth about what is happening here. So we need somebody to, like, be like, fuck you. Yeah, we get the Nate, uh, Nate, no, not Nate, uh, the Vanessa and Catherine standoff later in the episode and does not have the same, you know, gravitas as a Blair-Catherine standoff. Uh, Catherine also turns it around on Blair here and asks how things are with Marcus, i.e. her stepson. And so weird. Blair says things are great. And I'm not... 100% 100% sure, but is were we getting at with Catherine is implying, like, oh, really? A relationship with my stepson is perfect? Then how come he won't fuck you? Like, well, that she yes, knows all about like, her stepson's sex life? I know you're not fucking my son like, enough. What? How does this come up? Like, are they just talking about know. this at the breakfast table? <laughs> like, why, why won't so Marcus mother, fuck? I still haven't had sex with Blair. <laughs> why won't Marcus fuck? Why won't Why, he why won't Marcus fuck? Like, like we don't... I don't know. We, I don't. I, at least in this episode, I did not have a reasoning for it. It just seemed like he wasn't, and I'm just like, okay, but like, why? Like, what? And is, why? It, it took, yeah. And it, why does it your stepmom know about it? Saw, 
Yeah, it, he had to see Chuck do it first to realize what he had to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, that's what you want. Okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's I not like it. Blair's been saying it literally every second of every <laughs> yeah, scene yeah. they're in together. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone just bringing up Blair and Marcus's sex life today, from Chuck to uh, Lord Marcus's own uh, stepmother. So um, she's also like, at this point, she's like, oh, having sex with Nate, you know, this adolescent boy makes me feel alive, so I'm not going to give that up. So, I don't know. Maybe she should see someone about this. It's just getting a little creepy <laughs> here. Get, I, I say getting a little creepy. I guess it's been creepy the whole time, but she's really, yeah. really pushing it to the next level. Um, back to the elevator, and Dan, Dan's on the old elevator phone here. Do I've never noticed this. Do elevators have phones, or is this like a rich person thing that uh, only phones are in rich people elevators? Uh, I think it's a rich people thing. No, I think that they do. Like, they all have boxes. A lot of them have boxes that, like, are you able to talk to. I don't know if they're, I guess, they okay, I don't know buttons. if they're actual like, phones. Yeah, but I've seen <laughs> the buttons. He's got a whole like, landline phone in the yeah, that's fair. But, like, they definitely yeah. have ways for you to call down to the right. people on the ground. In case of emergency like this exact thing. Yeah, and Dan does just that. He calls elevator 911 or whatever uh, the number is and tells him, you know, the the operator tells him they can't turn the power back on. So he's pretty much just going to have to deal with it. And uh, Serena's like, uh, you probably should have mentioned my name, which is funny because it obviously pisses Dan off. But also obviously true, as we will soon find out. But, right. Uh, that, that was a funny scene, but also I, don't, I still don't know why he was so annoyed. Yeah, like he that. knows this is a thing. Like even dating back to the uh, the pool party mystery episode where Serena gets in trouble but does not get suspended at all, just has to do community service because she is Serena Vanderwoodson and she has people, you know, bailing her out on her behalf like dan knows this comes with the territory they have had this uh conversation before so i don't know why this takes him by surprise but now that it has been brought up and they literally have nowhere else to go uh they are finally going to start talking about uh all their issues which apparently these exist again so uh don't have to go too much into it because we already kind of talked about it but uh, just the whole thing of serena having you know status and power and life being easy for uh definitely a problem they had to deal with early on uh, and now are dealing with it again. So, um, also just want to throw out: people get stuck in elevators and TV shows way more often than in real life. This was a uh, something that I was scared of happening, and I don't think it's ever happened to me in real life. Uh, yeah, St- stupid move with them in general to see like the lights flicker and then head. Into that's the true. Elevator. Yeah, like, just take the. Stairs. I don't know. Well, they live on the penthouse, so it's probably a very long walk to take the stairs. But I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. As, at my know, at my office, we are on the ninth floor, and one mm-hmm. time, and we have really, really, really old elevators there. And one time, well, they went down a lot actually, and people would get stuck in them. But one time, my friend was stuck in one of them, and like she was stuck because we were we were in the same building as like a theater something, like some theater school, and so she was stuck with like four theater students and like one of our executives at our company and like at one point while they were stuck there for like an hour and a half these theater students started doing the scenes that they were working on um it sounded (laughs) horrifying sounded terrible uh i'm so glad i wasn't stuck in there with her but it just it just was terrible and then like i think i just talked about this on something else but like for a couple days we would have to walk up and down um the nine floors like just because both elevators weren't working and that was a workout yeah so you worked on the ninth floor out of how many floors do you know was it like nine out of like the ninth floor out of like okay so it was 12 so i when i went to school at uh university at albany my sophomore year i lived in the tower each quad has a tower and um me and my friends foolishly said, let's live on the fifth floor because it'll still be high enough where we kind of get like a nice view, but also we can take the stairs all the time because five floors isn't that much. <laughs> Turns out when you're going up and down five floors, you know, like four or five times a day, 
uh, it does get in a, a lot, and so I was a big elevator taker, but the the tower uh, famously has 21 floors, and people get Oof. mad at you. Like, the unwritten rule was you're allowed to take the elevator if you live on floor 8 or up. So anytime oh, wow. I would get in and press the button to go to floor 5, everyone would look They're at like, me and be like, really? Floor 5? So eventually, to <laughs> uh, stop getting that, like, I had to take the elevator to floor 8, which is the cutoff for people not to shit on you, <laughs> and then walk down the three like, flights of down. stairs to my... So I would do, if there were, like, people in the elevator that was always my move because i did not want to get cursed out that's a good move yeah really funny yeah i I get that no yeah those theater students were from floor two so definitely (laughs) when when you're wait when you get on the when you get on the elevator with people who are from the theater conservancy it's just like come on but like also i but then also i'm in but in the back of my mind i've also obviously been like well i don't know what their whole life story is and maybe they have a reason they need to take the elevator i'm trying not to judge them but at the same time i'm like okay but i have to go to the ninth floor yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, Dan is going to call the elevator hotline again, and he's like, oh, hey, it's me again, your buddy Dan. Just uh, want to say I'm uh, – it probably won't matter at all, but I am with uh, Serena Vanderwoodson, if you know who that is. And, you know, we can't hear Mr. Elevator guy, but he probably says, like, oh, well, that, that's a horse of a different color because, uh, of course, we'll send someone now because Dan's now embarrassed and frustrated. And I, I don't know. Like – Instead of getting mad about it, maybe this is just a trick that Dan should just use in his everyday life. Like, even if he isn't with he, Serena, now that he knows it works, like, anytime he needs anything, just call and be like, oh, by yeah, the way... your pride, just enjoy this. By the way, it's for Serena. Um, I'll have you know. And he'll be able to get <laughs> anything he wants. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, is... See, that's, that's more of a George Costanza move than a Dan <laughs> yeah. Humphrey move. This is the difference between Dan and Jenny, where, like, Jenny would be like, oh my god, exactly, it's so yes. cool that you're, like, they are coming to rescue you, and where Dan is like this is horrible like nobody like <laughs> you shouldn't get special treatment for this but like if it were jenny she'd be like yeah i'm serena's friend and i was stuck in the elevator coming down like so that would have been something she said on the first <laughs> call because she would know yeah, exactly. that like serena exactly. would get special treatment now obviously this um argument is just kind of dumb and we didn't really understand to begin with but i guess are we team dan or team serena in this episode if we have to choose Team Serena, because they've oh, yeah. gone through this and he should know that this is how the world works. Like, it's like they broke up for like a couple episodes, I'm guessing. And just like, it's not like the world has completely shifted. And, and Serena can't even control that this is a part of her life. So, like, right. it's all on Dan for these reasons. But, like, ob- like, like you said, I don't remember why they actually broke up. So, I can't comment on whose fault or like whose team I'm on in that. But, like, for this specific fight, like, it doesn't make sense that Dan is mad about yeah. this. Like, we co- yeah. this has been a thing right. since like exactly. he picked her up at the hotel in episode two or whatever like at her building where like he was like whoa high society and it's like yeah dude like this is the whole show you not you've been stalking me you know this (laughs) do you know what show you're on elevator scene too she says like i can't change who i am right this is just where i came from yeah when they break up eventually serena's like i can't change that i am filthy rich and dan's like well i can't change that i'm a judgmental asshole so i guess we're gonna have to (laughs) i guess we're gonna have to break up these are you know irreconcilable differences but yeah it feels because i agree and it feels weird uh defending vanessa and serena in the same episode like i don't know what's going on right now but (laughs) yeah they they broke up because georgina came to town and was blackmailing serena and serena decided to endlessly lie uh, to dan about it and not even lie well so dan obviously uh, never trusted her again and that is why they broke up and not because of these differences so but whatever um that, not to endlessly complain about that but uh you know what let's stay positive because i do really like this episode so it doesn't really matter why they're uh, complaining i guess so back to the waldorf shop 
uh, Jenny goes to leave and Eleanor's like, come on, I, I may be, you know, the asshole that fired you, but I'm not like the devil. Like you can stay here till the lights come back on. Um, imagine uh, Eleanor was just like, uh, Jenny, what are you doing in here? Get the right, fuck out of here. Get out of here. I fired you. I don't want to see your face. Um, but this, this <laughs> I is do like that. I do like all this stuff though, where Eleanor is like seeing through Jenny's uh, lies basically where I, I don't know. Jenny's just able to manipulate so many people in this show. But like when, yeah. she, when it comes to Eleanor in these scenes, she's like, okay, well I packed up my things. I guess I'm going to go. And she's like, cut the dramatics. Like I'm not going to make you leave. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and she does it a, a second time where like, she's like, okay, well it, as long as you're here, like help me with this. Like, what do you think? And she's like, oh my God, it looks so good. And she's like, don't lie to me. I can't fire you twice. Tell me what yes, you actually yes. think. I love that. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, because Jenny, she asked Jenny for her opinion on like the necklines or whatever, and Jen, and she's like, yeah, I can't fire you twice, so you might as well be honest. So Jenny actually can like say what she thinks now because, uh, yeah, she she can't fire her twice, and this is kind of the lucky break that Jenny you know has been waiting for. And knowing Jenny, you know, we we know it's probably only a matter of time uh, before she is able to get herself back on top here. This is all she needs. By the end of the episode, obviously, she will uh, be back in Eleanor's good graces, and get good for her on that. So. Pilgrim at a funeral here. is probably a read that someone at a uh, someone on Drag Race should take <laughs> yes. for next season. Yeah. Like I, that's a, it's a really good line, that is so good, I yeah. think that they should uh, incorporate. <laughs> and and Eleanor is forced to listen to it now because they are in the middle of the blackout, and she actually tells Jenny, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Um, so Nate and Vanessa again. Nate has now told Vanessa everything, and Vanessa's like do you really want to be with this woman? And it's like, have you been listening to me? No, I want to be with you. Like, I just told you why I'm with this woman. Obviously, I don't want to be with her. And poor Nate, you know, really feels like he doesn't have any options. And Vanessa gives him a pep talk and says like, you know, you need to end things with her because you're better than this. And, you know, I'm definitely in favor of this because I want the storyline to end. But on the other hand, yeah. you know, uh, it doesn't really help Nate with the money situation. Like, he still does need money. Right. So I, I, I don't feel bad for him here, though. Like, he, he really put himself in this situation. Um, by refusing Chuck's help last episode. Yeah, and then like, oh, now I want out of this, and, I, and Chuck doesn't have any money because they're all in bonds now. Obviously, so I as doing this, as but, like, happens, I, you know, as happens, can't tell you the amount of time I've someone has asked me for money and I, it's been all tied up in bonds. But an old lady Catherine would say, "Oh, but my money's not in bonds, honey." Yeah. So it's it just, it, I don't know. I, I can't feel bad for him at, at all. What does this no. story gain by it being an older woman rather than like the? Marcus's sister or something like what like, like why why is it his stepmom like I don't understand like I, I didn't maybe watch it's every just like to have more older people on the show for like oh let's let's get the parents that are like in the same room as their kids to watch yeah, too I don't let's get, let's give something let's give something for daddy yeah it just seems yeah. like such an easy fix to be like because if if nobody's gonna mention reporting her to the FBI like why <laughs> yeah. isn't she, why isn't she just like seventeen. And that is true. Like, we I, know that these kids can have access to all this money. Like they could still be extorting him. Like and it would still be horrif- horrib- horrifying and like bad that she's like using knowledge of his like family to like force him to have sex with her. But like it would be less terrible. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess they just feel like because it is a teen drama, they feel like someone has to hook up with an adult for some reason. But um, so. Blair now goes to make out with uh, Lord Marcus while they're both holding their deadly fire sticks. And uh, Marcus, <laughs> I guess, at least has enough sense to tell Blair, like, I'm not going to hook up with you in the middle of the party. So Blair's like, all right, meet me in my room then. And naturally, Chuck hears the whole conversation because he's just endlessly yep. in the background uh, listening Well, to... with the lowered light, everybody's hearing gets uh, picked up yeah, higher. So he can hear like a bunch of bats. <laughs> that is very true. I'm surprised more people didn't go into Blair's room and try, <laughs> and try to <laughs> hook up with her. Um so 
again with this scene, uh, Catherine is now <laughs> <laughs> confronting Vanessa, yes. and you know she starts the conversation by saying like, "Oh." I see. You're thinking, look at this awful woman who's taking advantage of an innocent young boy. And I'm not sure if she's talking to Vanessa or like directly to me because I was just like, uh, yeah, you've really hit the nail yeah, on the head, Catherine. You are you are an awful woman up. taking advantage of this innocent young boy. Like, can you cut it out? Um, she she said like there's going to be a but, but there's no that that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Painted the picture perfectly. Like, but but no, there's there's nothing yeah, else I'll, there. I'll paraphrase here, but she's pretty much just like, oh, you have you know no idea the length I will go to continue having sex with a seventeen year old. Like my creepiness knows no bounds. So give up now, Vanessa. And that does work. <laughs> Vanessa is right. going yeah. to end up giving up. Um, <laughs> and here here we go. Uh, this ridiculous scene where Chuck comes in and Blair goes, Marcus, is that you? And this, is so this just has so many layers because we have the actor who is British playing Chuck, who is American, pretending to be Marcus, <laughs> who is a British guy that is played by an American. So he has to pretend to be an American and we have pretending a, yes. to be a Brit. This is not an easy task. Hey, <laughs> we have a character pretending to be a Brit now. Yes, I just exactly. saw this on the Wikipedia while we were looking up the dates and stuff for this episode. But on the trivia section, it said that Ed Westwick is British. So he's just using his regular voice for this scene. <laughs> yeah, right. You. But it sounds like he's still doing an impression. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> and I think he is doing an impression of a bad British accent because he goes, blow out your candle. <laughs> <laughs> And okay, Blair this does. was great though because the sec like it's like the this tiny candle is providing so much light in the room, and then as soon as she blows it out, like it completely it pitch goes pitch back. I loved that. That was that was ac- yeah. that was great. I love it. And it's it's very murky here because if this is in fact Chuck having sex with Blair while she is under the pretense that he is someone else, then that's obviously yes. very creepy, and we'd, we'd have to chalk it up to being uh, Chuck's third. Uh, I was gonna say third, third sexual rape. assault. Yeah, third rape of the series. And, but however, um, I that is not the case because even before like Blair confirms it later but <laughs> even now I'm like that's not the case because this is obviously not, Chuck yeah, no and way. Blair obviously has to know that like Blair would be the stupidest person in the world if uh Chuck I, saying I was like they can't they can't if Chuck this. saying no way blow out your candle really convinced her that this was <laughs> Marcus even though like you have to assume she knows what having sex with Chuck is like so I, I it just it just would never uh make sense here so obviously she is just using this as like plausible deniability here so that when Marcus does catch them she could just be like what you're not oh my god i thought this was you the whole time marcus innocent mistake How funny could happen to anyone what a, <laughs> we're gonna laugh about this someday um they didn't get that far though yeah luckily so i guess i, guess, I don't know no. Uh, yeah, they're still standing up by the time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the like, how long was up. a standing up makeout <laughs> session going on for? Uh, but before that, uh, we go back to Jenny and Eleanor, and uh, this is probably pretty exciting for Jenny because um, not only is Eleanor Waldorf like one of her idols, kind of, as she'll you know say a little later, but because Jenny's own mother like sucks, um, she kind of doesn't really have like a mother figure here, and Eleanor kind of is serving as the mother figure here, even though she did just fire her. They're still definitely bonding <laughs> in this scene here, and like this is probably like somewhat of a dream come true for Jenny and you know Eleanor confides to Jenny that you know she was fearing that she was becoming irrelevant and now like to hear the teenage intern saying that exact thing hit her hard and they have like their heart to heart as Jenny tells her the first dress that she ever bought was one of hers and um is this true like it probably is but I wouldn't put it past Jenny to just completely invent the story so she can win her back over like either way I support it like that's iconic if she did just come up with this in the moment I like that better there's no evidence of that but yeah no I I mean now I I guess I wasn't really thinking about it could be a lie but now that you mention it like 
what dress is Eleanor designing that a that a twelve year old would like? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's want. true. Like, that's true. Like there are holes in the story. I guess I, it's definitely possible that Jenny is just manipulating yeah. again. Which, uh, but her confidence is so low, she believed the story. That, that could <laughs> yeah, be. exactly. She got her confidence down. All part of the plan, baby. Jenny, Jenny knew what she was doing from the beginning. She planned the blackout. She planned Eleanor hearing her talk shit about the <laughs> she dress. She planned blackout. it all. <laughs> We're gonna have a genius style flashback at the end, which just shows Jenny pulling all the strings. Uh, at the end of this that would be pretty amazing but um yeah again no evidence of that but a definitely a fun theory um now back to serena and dan dan unfortunately uh shirt's still on and he is trying to escape <laughs> the elevator by busting out of the ceiling yeah, i guess what a I, moment that would be if he was, he was like trying to do that pull up with oh yeah around. Like, oh that, yeah that's like that's perfect yeah that, I, i've envisioned it before and i'm sure i will again <laughs> I'm envisioning it right now as we speak, and he's like jumping up and down, which seems pretty dangerous in a in a broken elevator. Yeah, and like Serena. How could he? He could. How could he think that it, he would be better off up in the elevator shaft? Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's way more dangerous. Yeah, and Serena's like, cut it out. Someone is literally coming to get us. And Dan's like, oh why? Because someone always comes to save Serena Vanderwoodson. And like Serena doesn't say this. She kind of just says like, that's not fair. But if I was Serena, I'd be like, no, because the guy on the phone literally just said they're sending someone. Like stop. Like we know that this is happening. I'm not just assuming that someone's gonna save me because I'm Serena. Like we have it confirmed. Someone is on their way. Stop trying to break out of the Eleanor. The, not the Eleanor. The, uh, the Eleanor Raider. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Blair was the one that broke out of the Eleanor. At first, yes, exactly. And Dan's being like kind of annoying here, but Serena like finally snaps back, asks him why like he has to think he's always right, and that's when Dan's gonna fall and like injure his elbow or whatever. And they forgive each other as um, everyone's favorite song by Manchester Orchestra starts playing again, and they also realize they keep having the same fight and uh, they can't change who they are, and Dan asks, you know, what now? But neither of them feel like talking, so Serena's just going to rest her head on Dan as the uh, as the scene closes here. So, oh no, Dan and Serena, again, having having trouble. So They realize their problems making... are the same as they were the last time they broke up. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just silly. They're making me care less and less about the two of them and making me care more and more about Chuck and Blair. No, you know what? I think I that know. happens to a lot of people. But so yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one they're trying to focus on more. It seems like they're still trying to frame uh, the two of them, Dan and Serena, as like the main couple of the series. But I, I just like, they can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Expect me to care. Oh well, watch them. I don't know. Um, yeah. Nate. Nate comes back for Vanessa, and it's just like he's like Vanessa, and all the lights just come back on, and we see that it is Catherine and not Vanessa. Um, then also Marcus, as the lights turn on, walks in on Blair and Chuck, as uh, as the lyrics to the Manchester Orchestra songs kick in, and I'm starting to sing along. This is great, so good. Everyone's having a great time, and a great effort by Blair here as she, honest to God, tries to sell Marcus on the fact that she thought she was hooking up with him. But, you know, if that was true, you feel like as soon as the lights came on and she realized what was happening, she'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? And, like, start freaking out. But um, she really just tries to... She's like, Marcus, I thought it was you. You don't understand. And, like... He was talking also, in an accent. It's like they don't have the same build he, in the slightest. He, talked in an, he had an accent. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And uh, Chuck just, like, very coldly is like, you know exactly what was going on. And, yeah, don't pretend. Like, look at this from Marcus's perspective. Like, Blair goes to him and tells him, like, all sexily and tells him to meet her upstairs and then he goes upstairs to see Blair just hooking up with his his new squash buddy Chuck like he must have thought this was just <laughs> the setup to the cruelest prank ever <laughs> that he'd yeah, yeah come come watch me do this yeah come watch me come watch me make up with make out with your new friends <laughs> um 
So Marcus is going to punch Chuck in the face here. Haven't been keeping track of this, but uh, Chuck has to be the leader in the clubhouse for most times getting punched in the face. I feel like he's gotten punched by Dan uh, three times uh, just alone. So this is probably like the fourth time he's gotten punched. Uh, more more uh, on that later. Definitely when I, yeah, so far, when yeah. I compile the stats. But uh, they're now out on the stairs in front of everyone, and Marcus asks Blair if she can honestly tell him that she thought it was just, it was it was him. And in front of everyone. Uh, she says, no, no, I knew it was Chuck. So thank God we cleared that up, um, that we, we have that, confirmation. Yeah, once I hear that, I'm like, okay, I can breathe easy now. <laughs> I was glad that this was revealed, like, canonically, that she knew it was him. Because <laughs> in my memory of this episode, I was like, no, like, she knew, but, like, she doesn't say it. But I'm glad that we Even learned this to imagination, that she yeah, did, like, because scary. that could have been... <laughs> that, that's, I mean, <laughs> there's just a lot of, um, you know, rape in this episode. So, like, right. I'm glad yeah, yeah, that yeah. they... Uh, cleared it up. Just cheating, not rape. Yeah, at least there's yes. only one rape plot. Yeah, they limited episode. their rapes in this episode, which thank I, I, I guess I guess they're at least giving us that much. So Blair tells Lord Marcus that like I, I know I knew it was him, but it's you that I want. And Marcus is like, no, you just like want my title, which again, objectively true, even though we are now pretending it isn't for the second episode in a row. Like Blair really is, you know, trying to convince everyone that she actually likes Marcus, even though she hated him before he was a lord. But um and then Blair also turns it around and is like, well, if you want me, like, you have to show me. Like, you haven't had sex with me. And he's like, oh, okay. So now they kiss as Chuck is walking downstairs. He's like, I, I don't know why you just didn't ask. Like, I didn't know you wanted me to, like, show you affection or, like, kiss you and have sex with you. Like, this is all, like, how, how could I have known this? Only if you yeah, listen to her, which would be crazy to do. <laughs> Women are so crazy. You can never take them yeah, at their word. Don't uh, have time for that. They're always playing sense. games. You know, you can never take them at face value. So, um, Nate is able to find Vanessa before Vanessa leaves. And Vanessa is back to being pissed at Nate now. We don't know the reason right now, but she tells him, like, oh, don't break things off with Catherine. And she has a real attitude here for no reason. Like, we know that uh, Vanessa is doing this, like, for what she thinks is, you know, Nate's own good. But we... Uh, Vanessa just kind of says, you know, like, I- I'm out for good and doesn't say why or anything. Like, Brendan, what did you think was going on here when she stormed out? I, I-, I just really didn't know what to tell at that point. I'm like, what the hell did she say to Vanessa that, like, pro- that proved to her that she's never going to go away? I-, I didn't know what it could be. So when we get that reveal at the end with her and Dan on the roof, I was like, oh, I, I-, I uh, wasn't expecting that. That's That makes sense. Yeah, feels like Vanessa probably could have gone about this a different way <laughs> instead of, like, being an asshole to Nate. But... Uh, in that in that in that scene, yes, like I, I don't know, right. it's, it's like that kind of thing with like it's like is that like a is it Lassie where they like it's like get away from me, you stupid dog? Like is that the the kind of scenario we're having here? Um, I haven't started my Lassie, my big Lassie watch. I don't know how many, Lassie, big Lassie, <laughs> don't yet, know how many Lassie so fans I'll... we have on this. <laughs> Gossip Girl fans love Lassie, so probably a lot of them. Um, yeah. Jenny is now going to leave because the lights are back on, but Rufus shows up to check on Jenny in the middle of his date. Um, again, writers very insistent on showing us that rufus fucks uh, enough enough with the rufus dating storylines please we don't need this but I, we don't even know who this is like this is this claire girl has come out of nowhere and in the middle of, even this, show is perfect. In the, this is literally all i want to know about rufus as a character like he i only want to know him when he's bouncing off of teenage characters like i don't want i don't want adult plot lines so introducing no, yeah, yeah. him that he's like I've been on a date off screen this whole time. I'm like, okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Glad it was off And like, what an interesting date they went on where they are walking in a hundred degree heat to check on his daughter. I guess he, in the middle of the date, he was just like, the guy knows you mind if date. we go check on my daughter right now? Um, Look, that's and- reasonable. That's fair. Like that, he's, a, he's their dad. <laughs> of course he's going to go check on her. 
all right, all right, fine. I, I guess I guess you have a point. Uh, this does remind Eleanor that she should also probably be a good mom and check on Blair. I think Eleanor forgot she had a daughter. That was, until... that was funny. <laughs> she did. Like, oh, wow, you're right. I guess I should check on Blair. Rufus, Jenny, daughter, checking. Oh, I should check I've, on my daughter. I've... That was a runner-up for joke of the episode, which I forgot to flag up earlier, was the uh, the scene where, where Chuck was talking about his impotency and was saying, I don't have a romantic bone in my body. And then he goes on to make like a dick joke yeah le- least of all that one or whatever um yes right yes. uh this uh so jenny tells rufus you know she's done and eleanor's like no 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 no. we have we have work to, de- to do and jenny's like i thought i was fired and eleanor very like comically says oh don't be so dramatic you're not you're not you're not fired and <laughs> yeah. tells rufus and his date to get them coffee and sandwiches which, uh, <laughs> and they're just like all right that sounds uh, good yeah sure um, they disagree so J- jenny got a job back all she needed was some one-on-one time with eleanor and uh, you know she she did it so good for jenny like she comes out on top yet pro. again in this episode happy she proved herself we, this is just Jenny being Jenny. Jenny being Jenny, baby. Hashtag Jenny being Jenny. So uh, Dan and Serena will finally get off the elevator now. I guess they missed the whole party, unfortunately. And Serena says when she steps out of the elevator, um, it'll be over. So once again, Dan and Serena have broken up for, what, the fourth time now in as many episodes? So uh, Brendan, as a prediction, do you think this will be the one that finally sticks? Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially because in the this, in this very scene, they both go to basically say, "Oh, Serena says I love you," and Dan wants to say it. You know, so it's not over. Good scene. You know, they have their one last kiss for the road before Serena leaves. The elevator closes. Serena says, "I love you." Very emotional. I I I liked it. So that scene, yeah, the scene was good. It's just like the idea overall is annoying. no. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree that it's annoying that they keep breaking up, but I did, you know, much like you, enjoy the scene. So they clearly still yeah. love each other. Uh, but that's it, I guess. They uh, can't get past the fact that Serena, you know is is uh privileged and wealthy and all of that stuff uh chuck is now in his limo hooking up with another girl but he's not into it and uh, you know he he only has wood for blair very very romantic yeah he's like <laughs> she's like i thought you were fixed now or whatever and he's like i am but not for you it's like okay so you're not fixed like <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's, you, that's what the problem was originally you maintain yeah. this it's sort of like it's sort of like dan and serena's terribleness where like they just have the same argument over and over and over again like chuck they're in the they're acting like they've moved on but chuck is like having the same problem but has reframed it in his mind he's like well now it's fine because i got what i wanted and it's like well it's not though because you you've changed the goal you've moved the goalposts like i guess in his mind he's like at least i know it works i also like that this is just common knowledge among the people he hooks up with like that he's like oh i thought we had this under control um, so uh, again i also want to thank you for everyone just knows it's probably on wedding vows with girlfriend of the pod nicole saying that I only oh. for you is what definitely what i'm gonna say it's beautiful so i appreciate that I'm I'm good. tearing up right now, but uh, one final scene here: Dan and Vanessa on the roof. Vanessa, of course, spills the beans to him immediately about the Nate situation. Dan jokes that he's you know going to tell everyone. Um, hopefully, he doesn't. But uh, Dan Dan asks Vanessa why she told Nate to be with uh, Catherine if Vanessa likes him, and she's like, "Well, that's why I did it because Catherine said if Nate left, um, then she would tell the FBI where Nate's dad is." Which I don't know why doesn't Vanessa just tell Nate that? I feel like this is information that Nate want might want to have that Catherine is further blackmailing him in instead of like playing this game and making Nate feel like an asshole that she's like, oh, you know, don't break up with uh, Catherine because I'm out of here. Like there has to be a better way to go about this. I don't understand why Vanessa is keeping Nate in the dark here. All right, that's Nate's stupid mistake to make. 
Yeah, can't say I... You know, it, I don't think that the logic completely tracks here, but I guess they need something to talk about in the next episode and have a conflict about. So, yeah. so it's sort of like they can't <laughs> resolve true. it all in one. Okay, they need that to like do it true. step by step, where like everybody misbelieves things about each other uh, and miscommunicates, and so like yep. they, they, I'm sure that Vanessa and Nate will have some made up reason to be in the same room together next episode. They'll have a miscommunication about why this even happened in the first place. All that stuff. Yeah, you're right. The law. I am always forgetting the laws of teen drama, where, of course, there has to be some kind of uh, misinformation here. But uh, that's how our episode ends. I guess old lady Catherine and uh, boring Lord Marcus are here to stay. Uh, Brendan, I guess light prediction. How many more episodes do you think they'll be in, or are they here for the rest of the series? I think since school's got to start soon, I think they kind of are going to be done... Maybe next episode will be the last one, hopefully. Oh, hopefully is right, Brendan. I, I really hope so. Uh Sam, do you remember how long they're here, or do you also want to make a prediction of how many more episodes they have in them? Oh, I have no idea, uh, but I do think that, like, <laughs> with the start of school, I think that the writers will get a bit more inspired in their plot lines, um, so I would hope that they, you know, they peter out over the next three-episode arc of school starting. Yeah, we can only hope. Um, all right, so that's the episode. As we're closing in on two hours now, let's get to some segments real quick. Obviously, uh, user review of the week, and I am sad to report that there was only one user review this week, so I, I by default, this is okay. the one I have to go with. I don't know why everyone was slacking. It's not even Martha Wilcox that reviewed it. It's not it, even Martha? Oh, wow. No, it's Comedy Fan 20101, of course. This the me. famous. <laughs> so you, yes. Okay. Um and the review, you know, nothing special, but I will read it anyway. A nice episode where a blackout makes perfect... Wait, no, a nice episode where a blackout makes people face their conflicts. Some get resolved and others will lead to more trouble in the future. So Serena and Dan are done for good. This seems like a good thing. They aren't that interesting together. Love the scene with little girls who read Gossip Girl confront them. Blair and Chuck had some beautiful, passionate scene, but I guess it will take a while until they are there. Jenny and Eleanor had a nice story. And it seems that what is happening with Nate will bring so much more in the future episodes. I kind of have trouble believing that a woman Very like brief. Catherine would be interested in Nate for more than sex. So, uh, okay. Very good. They, <laughs> Back to interesting. Why life. are you guys even this doing is like this the most podcast? Popular just release this guy's reviews. Yeah, short and sweet. Interesting that this is the most popular episode of the entire series, uh, and it only has one review. I, Where are you reading I've, these reviews? I thought uh, IMDb in the hmm. user review section. I thought sure. Sam was going to be like, "Why are you even doing this podcast? If this is what if this is what the podcast has come to, like, don't even no. bother." I think it's going in the same time. direction. I was like, "Wow, it's going to slam us!" Right no, now. I know you. I know you guys do the user reviews. I just never <laughs> knew where they were coming from. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, IMDb has it. Usually, there's like you know a good like four or five reviews, but this one only had one for whatever reason. I guess people were just you know too busy watching the episode over and over again to uh, get to reviewing it. Uh, next week. The episode is called The X-Files. Brendan, do you have a, a prediction based on the episode title for next week? Mm, I, that doesn't give me anything, honestly. Like, isn't The X-Files like a sci-fi show? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I keep giving too much credit for the, the namings of the episodes. I don't know why I haven't learned yet. That has nothing yes. to do with the we'll plot. We'll get past this. Uh, it, but this is spelled nothing. the E-X-Files, like is, the yes. X-Files. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, that would have helped. Um... But still doesn't, actually. So. <laughs> all right. Well, the little HBO Max blurb says, Vanessa learns a scandalous secret and enlists Blair's help. So it looks like we might be getting a Vanessa Blair team-up okay. next week, which is Oh, we might exciting. get finally an old lady takedown yeah. sort of thing. Oh, yeah. like, yeah, because those are both Nate's exes. Yes, yes. Um, cool. 
yeah, the best episode and the worst, not the best episode, the best character and the worst character teaming up. Very exciting. Uh, let's get into some <laughs> episode grades. That is sort of fun. Brendan, you went first last week, so I will go first this week. And I don't know if my opinion is being colored by these end of end of year review uh you know rankings or just the fact that it's the most viewed episode but i also had fond memories of this episode i really liked it so for me you know i've been very tough on the first two episodes this one it's an a it's not the best episode we've seen but i I love it enough to give it an a i like i said i remember really really liking it the first time i watched the episode and just feels like after a you know it may be benefiting which by coming after the first two episodes but it just feels like after a very slow start to the season we are finally back like this actually felt like an episode of gossip girl i liked each storyline thought that everyone uh being stuck because of power failure you know clever twist little break to the format made the second half of the episode like kind of have like bottle episode feel and you know you know me i love a good bottle episode so you love a uh, bottle episode jenny and eleanor bonding that's a highlight for me uh, love both of those characters. Watching the pair interact for the first time is great. Chuck and Blair, that's also that stuff is absurd, so I had to enjoy that. Uh, Dan and Serena stuck in the elevator is interesting, and I, I think the weak spot is obviously the Nate, Catherine, Vanessa, which I don't like, but even that didn't really drag down the episode at all for me. So, uh, you know, we've wrapped up some storylines, we set up some future storylines, and, you know, it had everyone's favorite song, I Can Feel a Hot One by my Manchester Orchestra playing in every other scene, and we had those, uh, that funny scene with the uh, middle school Gossip Girl stands, so, you know, what's not to love? I'm giving it an A. Wow. Um, uh, I'm definitely not as high as oh, you I was, was going to oh, give Sam, Sam the Sam option go? to go next. You go ahead. No, 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 oh. listen. No, yeah. If you want to go next, you, you want to jump in. Next. Okay, Sam, maybe you'll sandwich me with a good score, because I'm not going to give this one an A. Um, I'm gonna probably I'll, I'll give it a b and i'll tell you why oh, please please do that's uh, why we're here <laughs> that's why we're here <laughs> um i don't know I, I just didn't like all the plots all that much i think half of them bothered me like we i think like if you listen back to this episode like a lot of it is us complaining about it yep um, yep definitely complained about it but i still i still loved it so, <laughs> yeah, I know, I, listen i can't i can't give you the logic i just i'm going by gut baby for sure uh, but like dan and serena just bothered me the entire episode um the nate and old lady Catherine plotline has been bothering us for three episodes long yeah but i am glad that we're out of the hamptons now and we're getting closer to being in the school i I just i think i just can't wait to get back there and for that reason it doesn't fully get into any sort of a range but uh jenny being jenny hashtag jenny being jenny has really really bumped it up to a a b for me um it's just it's one of those episodes where the first half is boring the second half once the blackout hits it it starts to be gossip girl again and it's really great and it, it as in classic gossip girl fashion it ends the episode with you just wanting to start the next one which is always tough for me in this format, but uh, that's that's where I'm at. No, yeah, that's de- definitely fair. Um, Sam, do you agree more with me or Brendan, or do you even think it's worse than uh, than than Brendan thinks? No, I de- I feel like I'm closer to Brendan, where I'm like two of these plot lines I was bored by, so like I didn't really necessarily <laughs> love uh, most of what was going on in this episode, but I still had a lot of fun. Like even though like dan and serena like i guess i'm watching this out of context of like any other episode but like it's you know they're great actors and they're uh you know delivering and i felt like the fight while not making sense because they should have gotten over this already like you know it 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 makes sense as an aspect of their relationship that they have to get through but like this episode was super fun like the blackout's a great concept and i like we were talking about love the jenny plotline um love blair and everything she does and so just like it was good. I'm going to give it probably a B plus. I had fun watching it. Um, and yeah, def- I definitely would. I'm like, oh, yeah, I would watch another episode of that. But I wouldn't say that I was like 
yeah, Gossip Girl, after watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which we usually do at the end of every episode. That, yeah, that's usually how we sign off the sign off the episodes, actually. <laughs> XOXO, uh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, Gossip Girl. <laughs> um, all right, so, you know, can't fault you guys too much. I, at, at least, you know, the lowest grade is a B, so that's, that's fine with me. Um, MVPs, I am... I'm back on the Jenny train. You know, she gets fired and in the span of half an nice. episode is able to get her job back. Um, also, we've now seen that I, she is, like, great at what she does. Like, um, maybe not the most professional in, you know, the trouble she got herself in the beginning. But uh, by the end of the episode, the legendary Eleanor Waldorf, you know, is telling her she is right and is depending on her to help out now. Like, Jenny's 15 years old and is already a fashion genius. She's a savant. And uh, she's getting my MVP, first MVP of the season that I'm giving to Jenny. So, congrats to her. Congrats. Brendan? Uh, oh, I, I, I was, I don't want to give you this, give it the same MVP as you, but I had this planned out, uh, before we started recording. Usually I do not. I'm not always prepared for this show. Today I was, and Jenny just like was, she killed it all episode long. She was the only one that really, only plot line that I was like, this is great the whole time through, especially her little bit, her fall in the beginning of it. And in, in the HBO description, sounding like she's gonna have a bad episode and then she comes out on top. That's right. What a, what a, what a showing. Um, and I'm just happy we have the Jenny that we love back. Because for a little while last season, she was starting to get a little annoying. And this is this is why we, we like her. So MVP for Jenny. Absolutely. And we are in the hand-holding club on this one. Sam, who is your MVP? I mean, yeah, Jenny's really the only character in this episode who pushes her motivations forward and like has her plots go as planned other than Catherine. So I'm going to have to give it to Jenny. <laughs> All right, a clean sweep for Jenny. After uh, Chuck got a clean sweep last episode, Jenny now gets the clean sweep this episode. So we have we have all been in agreement these last two episodes, me, you, and the guest. So let's wow. see where we are with the LVPs. Um, plenty of directions I could go with this. I thought about going Catherine yet again, but I will spread the hatred here and continue my tradition this season of giving the LVP to one of the new characters. So uh, let's put an LVP on the board for Lord Marcus. Even in an episode where he punches nice. Chuck, he's still the most boring character. And uh, not to mention his... <laughs> Punch like hardly even make Chuck made Chuck like move like a very weak. Punch. I didn't see anything. When, on when him. Dan punches Chuck, like you know, you can tell he felt it. Like Chuck didn't even move when he got punched. Yeah. Very weak punch. No and, mark on him. I mean, he is the loser of no the mark ep- from Marcus. He, yeah, he is the loser of the episode. Like he he gets he gets cucked. He gets cucked by Chuck, and he uh he still goes <laughs> he still goes crawling back to Blair after. So uh yeah, I'm so g- many uses for that name. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give Marcus the LVP here. Brendan, where are you going? All right. Well, I'm glad you're not going to go with Catherine, so I'll, I'll take over that role for you okay. today and give her the LVP. I was debating going Dan because of how annoying he was being about I was like, too, yeah. this issue they had resolved a season ago. And I was like, but there's so someone's so much worse in this episode, like, as far as her morals. I, I just I feel like I have to. I want to give it to a main character um, as far as just because, like, I just like the, the the stat thing we do at the end of the season now. I want to I want to pad Dan's stats for the negative because he deserves it. Um, but... I don't know how much longer Catherine's going to be here, so I got to give it to her while she she deserves it. So yep. LVP for Catherine. All right, yeah. so we're keeping it we're keeping in the same family at least. Yeah, Ag- agreed with Catherine. Just like yes, she's spinning up drama, but it's drama that like I don't enjoy watching, and it's like creating plot lines for characters who I don't care about. Like I don't care about Nate or Vanessa. So like <laughs> right. really, this entire yes. arc of this episode, I was like who please introduce a character who i care about and that's why the one part the shining moment of this part of the episode is when blair like shits on her so like (laughs) yeah of course i have to give it to her i hate her all right i mean 
I hate her. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do too, and I would have probably given it to her if I didn't hadn't just given it to her last week, so I'm glad that she is still getting some hatred on this podcast. And uh, with that being said, without further ado, let's get into some Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And oh, yeah. once again, uh, tough to find a three-person scene in this one, so we will be doing that classic scene with uh, <laughs> three of everyone's favorite characters, Chuck, Nate, and Chuck's butler. Um, <laughs> Chuck's butler, classic. only with one line, but who would who would like to be Chuck's butler in this scene? I'll happily be the butler. You guys Great. are the stars. Excellent. All right, so hopefully uh, Sam is going to make the most of his one line. Uh, can I also Brendan... read the st- can I read the stage direction that's in these yeah, yeah, um, IMDb yeah. quotes as well? Definitely go for it. Um, is everyone on the uh, the scene right now? Mm-hmm. Yes, I just got All it. All right, Brendan, would you like to be Chuck or Nate? Uh, I, th- I think I, I got to be Chuck. All right, let's 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 take it away then, now that we all have our characters. Okay, I'll do different voices between stage direction and my character. Okay, this is <laughs> stage direction Okay, voice. good. Uh, dressed a la Hugh Hefner in silk bathrobe, offers cigarette. Smoke? No, thanks. It's... Uh, it's a little early for me. So how can I help you, Nathaniel? About last week, uh, the the money, I uh, I might have, you know, overreacted a little. <laughs> a little? Yeah, and uh, hey, if you can, I would love to take you up on that offer as a loan. I thought you were getting your money from somewhere else. Yeah, but that person uh, is asking for a lot, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I'd love to accommodate you, but when you spurned my, off- spurned my offer, I sent the money to my financial guys. It's tied up in bonds for six months. Oh, uh, that's cool. Very normal thing for you to do. I'll just, uh, I guess I'll find another way. So, uh, seen Blair and Lord Farquaad recently? (laughs) No, are you, are you doing okay? Mm, I confess, I've been feeling a little off my game, but I'm expecting return to form very soon. Sir, the flight from Tokyo has landed. (laughs) Followed by raven-haired Japanese stewardess. So I can see. Wow, very good, Sam. You did you did make the most of your of your line. That was tremendous. Um, like the fans are going wild right now. Yeah, <laughs> this scene is like it's so funny that this is the only three person scene in the. Well, I, I, we could have done um, with Dan and Serena and some, one of us playing all three of the girls or something. But anyway, this is the only one with like three people, and it's so funny that it's yes. like the it is the smallest, least important scene of like the entire <laughs> so <funny>. episode. <laughs> Sam, I also want to ask, do you want to send in an audition to read for uh, the intro piece to Lonely Boys Theater? I, I need a new one for season two. If you want to, if you want to do our our official intro, you, I, did, you did great with that. I would happily do that. I don't know what that entails, but I'll yeah, anything you I'll, want. I'll send you a message. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> wow. So Sam okay. really parlaying this guest appearance into a full time gig with our our official uh, voiceover guy. I told you I was prepared to sell the Butler character. Yes, <laughs> I, I did. I booked. Uh, All right, let's get into some plugs. Uh, As our guest, Sam, once again, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. We had a lot of fun here. Um, Do you have anything that you would like to plug at this hour? Absolutely. Um, I've been at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We made reference to it before. I do a weekly podcast called The Bitter Drawers, at Bitter Drawers Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
we are, you know, we started in the back of our minds as a Survivor podcast, uh, and we went through Winners at War, and then there was a long, long break where we started doing Avatar podcasts. And so right now we are on Legend of Korra Book 2, um, you know, the the best part of the franchise. Uh, so if, you, <laughs> if you're looking for recaps of Legend of Korra or Avatar, we have that. And we are also still doing Survivor content. Uh, we just recorded interviews with Erica, who won Season 41, and Nasir. So those are available to listen to wherever your podcasts. Yes, I must say, definitely my favorite Survivor podcast and also great Avatar coverage as well. Me and Brendan have both guested on, uh, on that. Yeah. And yeah, just... A lot of great stuff. You and Derek are both great. Uh, and also the interviews you've just done with Eric and Nasir have also been very fun to listen to. So everyone check that out for sure. Uh, Thank you Brendan, for the compliment. I, you know, oh, I never thought I would be called someone's favorite Survivor podcast. I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. Uh, Brendan, what, uh, w- what are you plugging this week? Uh, same old, same old. We've got the Happy Boys going on. Uh, at this point in time, we have just had like uh, an absolute all-star lineup of guests and episodes we probably are wrapped up with malt madness by now or wrapping it up gagan will have showed up twice on that during that month um before that we'll have the handman mike hanford and lita brillman in sequential order uh coming up two on legends the show. And, and sam here is the one that inspired me to ask him to even be on the show because he showed up on, on one of your shows I yeah believe. He came to my apartment and did word on the streets. That's fucking uh, that was awesome. probably like two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, really? What a, what a cool dude. Yeah, it was awesome. So check check that out. And uh, you'll be hearing a lot more gig and content on the Happy Boys Media Network. So. Hell yeah. Um, for me, obviously, check out uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. If you're on HBO Max watching Gossip Girl, you might as well just go to the Sex Lives of College Girls as well. Brendan, uh, have you started yet? No, I, I, I watched the first episode of Murderville instead. You idiot. I mean, I'm sure that's a great show, but you idiot. Um, yeah. Besides that, obviously, <laughs> check out the uh, RHAP sports podcast I was on. That is definitely outdated by now. Um, also, I was on an episode of the Brazilian Dragon podcast with Felipe and Naomi talking about Max Keeble's big move. Haven't recorded it yet, but oh. have to assume that by the time this comes out, uh, that will already have been out. But yes, I, one of my favorite childhood movies, and I am hoping that Naomi doesn't like shit all over it too much because after hearing her oh, review, yeah, after hearing her review of the Pink Panther, I am very scared. Well, I was like, I thought, oh, no. I thought this was going to be a thing where we like reminisce about the nostalgia and like celebrate it. But Naomi seems like she is, she is there to really, uh, really bring down some childhood favorites. So I really hope she likes. Uh, Max <laughs> that's so horrible too. the pink panther is one of the best movies i ringing just like the the image or sound bite from of max Hubel's big move just like stuck in my brain from when i was a four-year-old was like we're not moving literally yeah, yeah, just like yes. played oh my God, constantly yeah. so Absolutely. it's something yep, i think yep. about all the time yes i can't wait to rewatch that and talk about it so that should be a lot of fun and i'm assuming it's available to check out right now so everyone get on that on the brazilian dragon podcast um follow me on twitter at maddie fresh 24 follow brent then at Ruppy Puppy, follow uh, the Hoppy Boys at the Hoppy Boys Pod, and uh, we have an Instagram account for Lonely Boys, right? Did you plug that already? Or? Same same namesake, uh, the Lonely Boys Pod. Great. All right. So follow all of us everywhere. Check out all of our uh, other podcast projects, and uh, come back next week where we will be talking about season two, episode four, with another great guest. I won't uh, won't reveal it just yet, but it's another good don't one. Don't dare. don't you worry. Uh, and we will all be talking about season two, episode four, the X Files. Don't change that dial. I'm sorry. 
Don't change that dial. Yeah, don't, don't, change, don't change that dial. Don't you dare. Um, and until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely Go Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. That was great. <laughs>